Guys, welcome back. It's a new Blood Rising podcast. We are, f- it's been a month and a half, but we're finally back in the studio. And it's, we're back with ECW's One Night Stand 2005. It's in actuality, in terms of timeline, it's about four, four years and a few months since we last saw ECW in under that banner in an official capacity having a pay-per-view. It's a little things have changed a little bit, obviously, but we're going to have a good time going through it. We also have some business to take a look at with the rise and fall of ECW DVD. So as we get into that, I'm William Rankin, joined by Jason Kiesler. How's it going, folks? Charlie Stabile. It's extreme. <laughs> and, and, of course, Martin Dixon. Oh, Dios mio. <laughs> that meme, Charlie, that will never get old. It, it plugs into anything. It, it's extreme. <laughs> anytime, it can be used to explain away anything. Oh, yeah. Anytime somebody has a negative comment about anything that we do, well, but it's, it's extreme. <laughs> like the one person that was so angry with our tribute video. That Man, they, what, they, what they, a bitter little bastard. <laughs> Wait, someone was mad at that? They hated oh, yeah, the that's, song. That's where, that's where the meme came from. Yeah, because yeah. it was just like, dude, chill the fuck out. Like, the, it's a joke. Like, we didn't pick the song. You know, we didn't do it thinking like, oh, this is such a sweet song. I was like, no, the band is called Extreme. It's, yeah. you know, it, it, it just kind just kind of go with it, man. It's it's extreme. It's, ex- it's extreme. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Which, by the way, like one thing I want to bring, like I, I really appreciated a couple people reached out about the fact that all right, yeah, people heard the AE podcast is doing, they officially are doing what's called their season three, doing the invasion era. And it was like, you know, I, I appreciate people reaching out. It's not a big deal. It's awesome they're doing it. I'm sure they're going to have a great time. I'm sure they're going to do a great thing with it. And it's not like, I, I never want people to think like, oh, we've got, like, that's our area. That's our, well, no, because you know what? There was an invasion era podcast too. And we just stomped all over yeah, that. There decided. was, wasn't there? <laughs> and, yeah. We, and we just. <laughs> yeah. Wa- walls. And, and, and there was also, I believe there was a podcast called Butts and Seats who was doing WCW before technically we started. But you know what? Yeah, oh, what well. happened to those guys? I, yeah. I think it's still out there. I feel bad. I haven't checked up on some of those other podcasts but yeah i mean it's still you know out there but point being is like you know what we we all are we all are fans of wrestling we're all gonna have different takes on it i will tell you i will be up front i think one of the best ecw ones in terms of covering it was place to be nation when they did uh not only not only like the it was mostly the wwe ecw stuff they were doing but um they uh, they did a fantastic job covering not only this but what our next episode will be, which will be a lot of stuff because we're talking about One Night Stand '06, and that involves the launch of the brand again. And there's a whole bunch of, I mean, from the sci-fi angle to just how just how poor it started off. There's so much stuff to cover there. They do a great job of it. Our goal is always we're going to have our take. Everyone's going to have their own take. So. There's no bitterness. It is what it is. Have a good time. 
you know? You do you. Exactly, exactly. You know, so um, as we get started here, so we left off. It, it, it was such a... It, Colin did such a good job kind of leaving us off like where everybody went and stuff like that when it came to the end of Guilty as Charged, 01. I, here's where I want to get into kind of a pulse check, again, a sign of the times or whatever here. We're getting into the the rise and fall of ECW DVD comes out in, what is it, fall of fall of 04? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Now, I was not heavily watching wrestling at this point. At when that DVD came out, how many of you guys starting J, starting off with Jason there? Did you watch it when it came out initially? No, I did not. I wound up getting it on uh, a Netflix disc rental a few years later. Nice, mm. both discs. Mm. Yes, nice. I never got a double disker from Netflix. That's awesome. I was I was spurging for the two at a time plan. Oh, okay. The eight ninety nine plan instead of the seven. <laughs> Char- um, Charlie, how about it? Was oh, sorry, Jason. Go ahead. I'm sorry. There was guys that I worked with at the restaurant that had it, and I just never got around to going over and watching it. Like there was, because it was when I was working with Carrie, and like we, the restaurant was across the street from a Best Buy, and he came trudging over to work because he had ran over there in between double shift and bought it. Um, so I mean, there was a, I mean, there, there was a lot of buzz about it. I remember. Gotcha. Yeah. I heard that. I heard in, in my case, it's similar. Charlie, I, you got it at the time, right? No, I didn't. Okay. No, um, I, no, no, I know. Hold on. I wasn't watching wrestling at all yeah. uh, at the time. And I'd heard about it and I think I was still bitter. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Who would have guessed that? Yeah. <laughs> Forever bitter. <laughs> <laughs> the Charlie Stabile story. There you go. There's your autobiography. He's he's bitter. Okay. He's he's <laughs> Charlie Stabile. <Okay>. Ragnarok. Ragnarok. <laughs> <laughs> oh, standing ovation. But um I wanted to see it, but it wasn't even that I wasn't watching wrestling. Like my my interest in the whole product just faded. I mean, it was gone, and I honestly didn't think I would, I would be watching wrestling ever again. But uh, I think the first time I ended up seeing the doc was with you. I think that's the way it worked um, when we were in the apartment. I think we watched that thing together, yeah. and I don't remember how we got a hold of it. Oh, dude, remember, remember you had a cord, like an Ethernet cord from your Xbox into the all the way down the hallway into your bedroom. <laughs> the 100-foot Ethernet cord? Yeah, that was taped down with duct tape and whatever. And you had, like, you created the WWE Network in 09. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Charlie had everything. He downloaded, like, and there were good copies of everything. There were good copies of all wrestling shows, pay-per-views, current, or whatever. And then he would, <laughs> he would connect them to the Xbox. And we'd watch him in the living room. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we'd watch him through views or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we watched that doc, and even to this day, because um, I, I rewatched the, the documentary last night because it's on the network. It is one of the best documentaries that they've ever put together, and it's which is fascinating to me because it's one of the first ones. Yeah, like it's yeah. one of the first ones that they really that they really put all their effort into, and it's it. Man, like there's so many stories that they tell. I, I forgot most of them. <laughs> you know, like Todd Gordon being a mole. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, stuff, stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good time. It really is. Martin, did you watch it at the time? Uh, no, <laughs> just the worst bunch of fans. <laughs> no, We're Latin Catholic ECW fans. Yes. Uh, well, to me, ECW was just really some initials. I never really had much of an affinity for it. I just never saw it. You know, here it was WWE or bust. The, the 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 most I knew of ECW was the video games and the invasion. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't see it until actually quite recently. Like getting the network recently and i just sat down and watched it um for contrast the rise and fall of wcw i went out and bought day one because that was me i'm you know i've recently described myself as a wcw apologist i don't know (laughs) i I wear that i wear that badge with pride i don't know how much it did in sales because the ecw one set a precedent for sales it was massive um i didn't Mm -hmm. i tried to look it up to find like but i I, I don't. I hope I'm not speaking in hyperbole here, but I'm pretty sure there was a, there was a point in time where it was one of the highest selling DVDs, and it might still be. No, I think it was the highest selling DVD okay. that they'd ever had. Okay. I think I'm pretty sure it was. I, don't, I doubt it's that way. It's probably anymore. right up there with John Cena's greatest rivalries. That. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, uh, the, no, the the John Cena word life, oh. <laughs> which has no matches on it. <laughs> life. Or how about Batista? I, I walk alone. Was that the first one or was that the, the recent one? I think that was, I think that one's unleashed. Okay. Cause that's or, the one with him like, in the limo. Like I didn't, I didn't get yeah. that reaction. You know, the reaction. Yeah. <laughs> w, WWE likes to unleash a lot of things in their home videos. <laughs> yes. Notice that ECW's well, got like four unleashed volumes or right. something. The thing, <laughs> the thing though, once, uh, once you watch rise and fall, every DVD after that, that's a documentary. They use the exact same style in filming it. The exact same thing. They always start off with some kind of immediate rest and then this heavy, heavy montage thing that culminates in like this, you know, after effects graphic they do of the DVD itself. And then they start from square one and work their way through it. But it's it's not I hate to say it's a lack of creativity, but they kind of found a formula and they have not strayed from it. Because if you watch the CM Punk one, the Paul Heyman one, they are virtually the same in the way mm-hmm. that they're put together. So um but we'll talk about the interviews real quick, like yeah. how like excited and, and like how enthusiastic so many of the uh, interviewees are in the documentary. Oh yeah. yeah. And, then Except it, Tommy and, and then it gets to Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> <laughs> The fans didn't know it, but, you know, the shirts that they would get in the mail, we were mailing them out to them. Like, Devon Dudley <laughs> mailed that shirt. You know? it's, also, it's like he's on trial. Yeah. <laughs> it's an admission of guilt. Right. There is a stage play in this. The trial of Tommy Dreamer. It's like if you're watching Law & Order, you know, they're the worst lawyers ever because they never actually prove anyone guilty. They just always trick them into confession. To kill an extreme like, no, and he just Didn't have any coffee that day and has no energy. Yeah, I killed her. I mean, I drug her down to the river and bashed her head into the rock. I killed her. And Devon Dudley mailed her a t-shirt. I mean, it was just... Ding, ding. And then they cut to New Jack. I mailed that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You can pay eight extra dollars and get it personally delivered by New Jack, and he comes up and hits you in the dick with it. With the music playing. (laughs) Except the music plays, and then he doesn't show up for 20 minutes to get you. You're like, why is this music playing outside my house? (laughs) Staple gun. (laughs) I. 
the ice cream vans around here are, uh, are a bit hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it is. It, the DVD itself, like, I loved... The, the thing that's... What's interesting watching, because, like, you know, Charlie, when we watched it in 09 and stuff, like, we weren't doing what we're doing now, which is watching every ECW pay-per-view leading up to it. So, you know, mm. it, 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 if it, it, I feel like it was a 100% different feeling from then watching it versus now watching it because one of the remember one of the last things we talked about was man that's Steve Carino what an amazing run and he's not in there really and that sucks you know like that's kind of a bummer is someone like him is I not I just realized that and, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, he wasn't on the, the reason I the doc or the show. Yeah I and I know I noticed when I was when I was putting together the the video that we did and I looked at it, I was like trying to pull clips and yeah there's a ton of Sandman there's a ton of Sabu ton of Dreamer there's very little of some guys like even just incredible is not heavily in that DVD. Like he's just really not in there yeah. very much. There's another one and he's on the show too. So that was something I'd reach out to Colin about. I was like, cause they, the response to this was what we were talking about off air briefly was the forever hardcore DVD, which is basically everybody else. <laughs> like Shane Douglas. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I had asked him about it. I was like, well, what was the deal with it? And Colin kind of clarified. It was like, basically, they only really use the dudes that were under their contract. You know, they really only focused on them. And I and I was in the same boat most of you guys were. I really wasn't watching the product then. So I, I had no idea who was being used in what capacity on Raw or SmackDown at that point. So, but yeah, it's, it is pretty masterful. I, the one thing I enjoyed was, like, they don't shy away from... Like they, it is pretty upfront. Like Paul Heyman could not pay them. He, there was money issues yeah. and that's what led to the downfall. It's not like some, well, you know, they, they don't necessarily blame the WWF. Of course they love to go into WCW and they're pretty heavily yes, too. Yes, man. <laughs> Fucking hell. Man. <laughs> this DVD does a real good job of romanticizing ECW and vilifying WCW. Yeah. Like. Really bad. I mean, it's like where they were like, Paul couldn't pay us, but I mean, we loved him, so I worked for him for six months. It's like Derek Bischoff was a motherfucker because he yeah. offered somebody a million dollars to go work for him. Like, wait right. a minute, just say that you couldn't be paid. Did they have? It's, like, it's like that's that's WWE's narrative on ECW. Yeah, uh-huh. WCW was the bad guy. Yeah, not yeah the endless talent raids of of the WWF. Right. Yeah. There's this. There's that one part of the doc where Eric Bischoff says uh, he starts. He starts talking about whether or not that he truly raided ECW, and he goes, "No, I didn't do that." And he's like, and then he and he compares it to Vince McMahon in the '80s, and he's like, "Is that a raid?" He's like, "No, I don't think so." But you know, a lot of people think it is. Vince McMahon certainly does it. And and I'm sitting there like, "No, that was the same thing," Mm. And, and and there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, it's a it's a very smart move of Vince gathering up all the great wrestlers from the territories and Eric Bischoff. I mean, he knew what he was doing. I mean, and I think uh, as a counterpoint, it's in the WCW documentary that they did like a year or two later where he talks about how he wanted a cruiserweight division. And and ECW had those guys. And that's exactly what he wanted, because he wanted something to lead off every episode of Monday Nitro. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I was trying to remember, Charlie, is the Bischoff stuff still him in empty arena? <laughs> Is no, it? no, 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 no. I was so happy oh, to yeah, the, the, uh, the 18 hour marathon. <laughs> uh, the, 
where, where he talked about everything he could think of, and they just interspliced it into different documentaries. Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. But it, it's it's just we're in that odd Eric Bischoff period where, yeah, in the documentary, which is in 04, he's got the dark hair. But by the time we get to One Night Stand, I mean, it's classic dickhead Eric Bischoff with <laughs> with, gray, with no hair, but it, you can tell it's gray. And, oh, that middle finger is off. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll get into it later, but, man, I... I fucking love Eric Bischoff. I, I really he's, do. He's fascinating and, to listen to now a lot. Oh, yeah. Yep. His, mm-hmm. it, it really is. That's why I, I kept hoping that they would bring him in. Now. And they could still. It still could happen where he appears. Uh, never say never in wrestling, of course. Uh, but the, the thing is, like, you can't really... Vil- like, unless... Of course, you vilify WCW if like you're a super fan of ECW. But if you're an objective fan, it's like, look, if I'm really talented at what I do and I like working over here, but they don't pay me very much and company B comes along and is like, you know what? We really like what you do, too. And we can pay you this much and give you this many dates compared to that one. It's like, well, you can't fault them for doing that because it's like they can they have the ability to pay. You know, it's. It's just like, again, Jason, what you're getting to, like, it's this romanticizing of what ECW was. Because the other thing we also, I think, keep into account, Charlie, you and I have talked about this point. There is a wave of nostalgia that basically kicks off in 2002 across pop culture. You know, Mm -hmm. like, I love the 80s becomes a thing. And then in wrestling, the prism of wrestling we're looking through, WWF goes through this period where they are really heavily heavily referencing their past. Look at the opening video that we looked at for uh, WC, or I'm sorry, for WrestleMania X8, which is this this big this big deal of looking at oh Hulk Hogan, my body slammed Andre the Giant, the wrestling world stood. You know, it was it was this massive achievement and everything, and and that's really important. Is that this is heavily this is falls right in the nostalgia era. That you know, for Which, many would say we're not out of. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, it was it was new for WWE at the time because famously WWF would go out of its way to erase its history at times. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yes, they would. And even after this, I mean, let us not forget, you know, take a Triple H WrestleMania twenty seven for the first yep. in, <laughs> in uh, parentheses time. So, uh, but yeah, it was the first time. I think it was a case of. You know, shit. We've got rid of WCW. We've got rid of ECW. <laughs> what do we to do? Get, you know, to get back to the the romanticizing of ECW, uh, there's two parts in that doc that I really I find hilarious, but for different reasons. Because you've got the guys that are like ECW standard bears, the guys that come from there that they're you know. I think Spike Dudley brings it up in the doc where he talks about you know we didn't know like what, well why are we being loyal you know like so a lot of us aren't getting paychecks and then he goes and then you'd have like the name stars like Bam Bam Bigelow go fuck that guy <laughs> 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 you don't want to pay me I'm going to WCW I love that but there's this one thing that Tom, you want to talk about romanticizing ECW like you can point the finger directly at Tommy Dreamer because he has a line in this thing that is so full of shit. Uh, at, at first, I just kind of nodded like, right on, man. Wait, what the <laughs> fuck? That's not true. Yeah. So he says something like, we're probably the only wrestling company that ever closed that still had a ton of fans, still had a ton of people showing up. Like, dude, I don't care what the fuck you say. WCW still had more. They did. <laughs> yeah. And Bischoff points that out, too. He's like, we were always like either number one or number two. It's like ECW was never anywhere near. 
right. where me or uh, us or WWE were. Not that me personally, that I don't think ECW could have done it at some point, but Tommy Dreamer saying that shit about, oh yeah, we were the only ones that ever closed that had a lot of fans. Like, man, WCW is just the well, scratching the surface. The AWA, I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's just a, it was a stupid thing to well, say. Well, look at the compare the venues too. Like an ECW venue is what like twenty exactly. five hundred people. Of course, that looks at huge. Best. You know that mm-hmm. looks. You know when it's packed, it's like good God Almighty. Like it's like Wembley Stadium. But then like WCW is running like in fifteen thousand or so. I forget. But you know they were they were bigger, much bigger. Well, well, the best part of WCW is it's it's a it's about a five times the size of a house, but it's still about twenty five hundred people showing up. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Although, as we as you know, uh, we all said by the end of season one it was like they were they were onto something with where they were headed. They were onto something. It just yes, was they were too little, too late, unfortunately. And I do, do you agree with Paul Heyman. I do agree with what he said because they bring up all these reasons why ECW closed and, you know, with not being able to pay the wrestlers or uh, losing the TNN deal or the video game deal, the toys, like, all that stuff. And Paul Heyman just comes on and simply goes, the reason why we closed is because we didn't have a network deal. That's it. It's as simple as that. <laughs> and, and I agree with that. I think that's true. Like, I remember because I remember following that, like, very very hard uh right after the tnn deal ended you know like oh come on somebody pick up ecw and it looked like usa network was going to do it and then they didn't and it was like well that's it they can't get a network deal it's over yeah. but i like i like the bluntedness that paul Heyman gave to that because i think that's true jason what other points you want to like any other major points you want to bring up from the uh the doc yeah i was with the way that that ecw is presented in this and then when you get to the rise and fall of WCW, how it's presented the opposite way. Do you think that if WCW was presented in the same way, that there would have been a WCW revival show instead of an ECW? Or in addition to, at least? Well, let's take a look here. Who, who, would, they, um, who, would, have, who would you have been able to really get to do a show with? Because Goldberg was, that's your number one restart off with. He pretty much was, was it didn't seem like he would, he would come back. Obviously, he didn't, and he didn't come back for a long time, but he was pretty much soured on WWE. So who next? Like, could you get Sting, you think? Do you think you'd be able to get Sting? I think they, I think I, they could have. I mean, that's, yeah. that's if they had Booker. Um, I mean, they probably could have got DDP. Um, the, the thing, too, is that WCW, the guys that were, a lot of the guys that were bigger standouts were a little older already. But that's one thing, but it's like the the company itself, like the presentation, the style. Um, I think you definitely could have had, uh, you probably could have pulled some of the guys that they were starting to build up with during the New Blood spot, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you yeah. know, uh, kind of thing. And going on there, it's just, I, I'm with Martin, though. It's like, I was always a bigger WCW fan than ECW. And that, but just going, but it's just like with the presentations because they're so bad. Because we joke about it with the Monday Night War multi-part doc all the time. It's just like W, you know, they to them, it's like WCW is just ran by a bunch of fucking idiots, right? <laughs> greedy idiots. And right. meanwhile, like ECW is ran by look at these look at this ragtag group of misfits. They're gonna make it. It's just that they they just gotta scrap by all the time. And it's just uh, that's where I was getting. It's just it, it makes it so endearing and just pisses all over everything else. Charlie, do you think that would have worked? You think they would have been able to, if they did the same thing with WCW doc, gave it the same presentation that they could have done a, uh, a show like one night stand with WCW. No, no, I don't. 
Um, and I think, uh, cause I think, if, I don't think WWE would ever let themselves do that. I don't think they'd ever completely drop their guard. And plus the thing about WCW also, is I don't really think nostalgia for WCW really started like gaining momentum until maybe five years ago. Yeah. Uh, I, I still think it had been too soon at that point to lose. But we were all ready for WCW to die. I'm ready for it to die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, get, it's getting a little samey. <laughs> yeah. But ECW, I don't think anybody was ready for that to go. Right. So, and, and there was never really any closure with that. And, uh, you know, when Guilty as Charged ran that final pay-per-view, the last one that we covered, we didn't know that was the last one. Like, because they, they talk about it in the rise and fall of ECW that they were they seemed fairly certain that that was probably going to be the last show and um as much as, st- as stuff was hitting the internet at the time it that part wasn't really coming out that this was going to be it like cuz i i even recall that they actually promote living dangerously uh during the yeah. guilty as charged show i don't know if they did during the copy that we had but you know that, that kind of sucked wcw on the other hand um the best thing wwe ever did for them was give them that final nitro which is actually a pretty damn good nitro yeah yeah you know and if there was a finality to it and a lot of those guys ended up coming over to wwe in the uh in the next three or four years and ec ecw yeah they were in the invasion but like it wasn't really that wasn't really the focus, even though they seemed to get a lot of the big name guys. So I think a lot of fans wanted to see ECW, WCW, like me personally. I mean, I was soured on them and I think a lot of people felt the same way. Martin, how about you? Do you think it would have worked? In all honesty, even putting aside my rose tinted WCW glasses. No, I don't think so. The best I could have hoped for. And this eternally kept getting rumored, but never, really panning out was them doing old school nitro along the lines of old school raw yeah that'd be nice so i remember reading reports in magazines and online i think it you know just after the second old school raw or something like that that wwe were actively looking into building oh wow like like the old set jesus that would be so cool i I, miss that set i think i mean how true that was i don't know but it just would have been cool yeah just to just to for one night for just to put aside the the bias and just go do you know what actually this show had its moments i think this i think too the one thing that that and i think charlie you kind of alluded to this as well i think it is purely a spiteful vince mcmahon thing like uh uh-uh i killed them i beat them and I don't want I, them to get anything back. I also, I, I, if they were to ever, I would love to know more about the relationship between Vince McMahon and Paul Heyman, because I think that we've, we've talked about this before. I think Vince has a real respect for him. And mm-hmm. because Paul, Paul dealt with Vince's dad. Yeah. And, and I, I, that photography story like where he snapped that picture and mm-hmm. and then he ended up like getting a job somehow with vince senior and i think there's a, a a respect there and i think vince not so much wanted to hurt wcw by doing that but they have an odd relationship yeah, <laughs> yeah they just do vince will do things for paul like vince comes across in this documentary like a great guy <laughs> 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 which is so weird he's and he's 
you know, he's given ECW the airtime on Raw. And uh, although I do love how he kind of <laughs> admits his mistake where he goes, when, he, when they talk about Taz versus Triple H on SmackDown, he goes, well, I thought it was good for business at the time, pal. But, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I, I can't exactly tell you what my frame of mind was like then, but I thought we were doing the right thing, you know. And- it's that documentary that, is it that they, it, Vince calls Taz the suplex king. The suplex king. Yeah. <laughs> Brock Lesnar prototype. Well, yeah. when Taz came into WWE, they completely got rid of that. Yeah, because uh, Taz was the human suplex machine. And as soon as he came to WWE, it was he's the human wrecking machine. And he wasn't doing suplexes anymore. You guys remember one of the special features on that disc is, I mean, some of the deleted stuff is where Taz talks about the the first night when he debuted and talking to Paul Heyman. He actually breaks down. He actually has a stop. Um the um he has to stop the segment or whatever because he's getting you know he's starting to get real emotional because he's talking about how paul called him and said, talking about the rumble yeah debut? yeah okay yeah. that thing is so cool because you really check that out it's cool like I, I i think it's in the special features and i think it's like one of the deleted scenes i didn't watch it for for this but i remember when i rewatched it years ago when i bought it um that was one of the 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 clipped segments of it, but it's really cool because you see Taz, like you don't see Taz get emotional ever, and it was kind of neat. Even then, even when we saw him leave, like the the, the they were not leave, but it was the Anarchy Rules, you know, where he Man. hugs Heyman. So. <laughs> like, can we talk about that for a second? Sure. It, it confused me again. It's like every time, <laughs> every time like this comes up, the reset button gets hit with me, and a couple of years later, I'll go. Oh, yeah, that wasn't his last show. Because, like, Taz actually says in the doc, and that was my last show. I'm like, yeah. no, 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 brother. No. Like, I don't I don't think it was. And Because, I mean, I'm not kidding. Didn't he fight Rob Van Dam in November? Do yeah, you remember? that's it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Because, man, that's just so confusing. <laughs> Charlie, do you Why have, they do that? Do you have any other bit, like, major, th- anything that you felt strong about you want to talk about concerning the doc that we haven't addressed yet um uh hmm. well i think uh i mean just little things like i think shane douglas gets too much credit for that promo uh yes yeah. it's, it's not that good of a promo it's just not like i've never i've never really liked it uh i i always and i've always found it ironic that he shits all over NWA world champions in the old school way of wrestling. Yet he won the title with a belly to belly suplex. <laughs> you know, he didn't use like a cheese grater. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. A cheese grater. Oh no, I'm good. Um, that's, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for me. Uh, yeah, that, that's, those are all the, the main bullet points. I forgot how long the damn thing was. It's as long as the, as, as, uh, as one night stand it's a two hour and 15 minute doc but i mean it's never boring no like it, it it's it's a really fascinating thing and um i believe if you were to buy it on dvd now i think they package it with uh one night stand but nice um and i wish i had pulled out my dvds because i do have them but i got lazy and i decided to see if it was on the network and it is it's under the beyond the beyond the ring thing mm-hmm. um but um yeah as i the dvd set is incredible it really is. And and it made me just kind of angry thinking back to uh, the WCW one because that one's not as good. No. It's mm. really not. And there's some weird matches on that WCW one. And there's like some weird... I don't remember. <laughs> it's just like there's some random Nitro shit. There's some random Clash of the Champions shit. And it's like, oh, yeah. It's, you know, 
Hogan Goldberg, anything. Yeah, it's it's it, they just leave out some of the really good stuff for some of the really weird stuff. Yeah, and at the very least, it wouldn't be so bad if they you know went with the the San Francisco 49ers match, but that's not there. Oh no, <laughs> no. I know. I remember when we talked about that one. Oh my god. Um, Martin, did you have any other topics? No, that, no. I think everybody said said pretty much it. I, I like I said, only saw it relatively recently, and came from a, a position of a different position because uh, you know I wasn't the fan I was back in two thousand five. Yeah. So it's yeah, it is subject to a little bit of you know the WWE uh, sort of dogma spin. Um, but I mean, you know, history is written by the winners. Of course, so that, yeah. But it's you get a very, very specific picture of ECW from that. Yeah, definitely. No, I do. And what's fascinating too is like this is what's really cool about the medium, like the medium of film when it comes to either a documentary or a, a narr- or just a, a fictional narrative or whatever. It's like how it can create something, like a, it create momentum for something, and this really did because i think it's i don't know when the idea first comes around i remember rob van dam like I, he takes some amount of credit for one night stand becoming a thing becoming like a a reality like that he told vince you know what if you did an ecw show and i, I mean i'm sure people come to vince with ideas and he kind of brushes them off this one really seemed to click with him i guess do you guys have yeah. any insight about how it came about? Because that's all I ever remember is that RVD, yeah. you know, whispered that to him or whatever. <laughs> it's like the idea of RVD. Just <laughs> yeah, Vince, ECW reunion show. Think about it. <laughs> hey. well, there's, there's a suggestion box at Titan Towers. <laughs> it's one letter that actually didn't fall into the fucking furnace. It just yeah. went to the uh, Jesse yeah, that's, that's, Jesse Ventura put in the guaranteed contracts. Thing. God damn it, Jesse! <laughs> he won't let it go. <laughs> what were you saying though, Chuck? I was going to say that's always the story I heard uh, was that Rob Van Dam, you know, pitched it to Vince, and Vince thought it was an interesting idea. The thing that's so fascinating about it, though, is that. The, with the exception of the WWE guys being there, which we'll get into, this it really does feel like an ECW show, yeah. and I think that's the real miracle that WWE just just let it kind of go. No. You know, they, they didn't really oversee it. There's really no pyro. Like it has such an authentic feel to it. The graphics. So, I was really impressed with the graphics. Like when they show, they cut to images of the outside, outside Hammerstein. And you're seeing yep. just the streets in New York, just the font and everything they use is very 90s pay-per-view era. And it's awesome. Even the name of the pay-per-view, it sounds like a name that they would that they would use yeah. uh, back in the day, you know, so. So let's, yeah. so we get it, this fun. So we talked about it, fall of 04. So this is a pretty quick turnaround. By June of 05 is when we're getting one night stand here. And it's as we said, we're going to be in the, Ham- the Hammerstein, ball- Hammerstein Ballroom. Uh, about 2,500, I'm sure it was a, a complete sellout, no doubt about it. Um, but yeah, around 2,500, looking like an old think, school Raw, too. What was that? I think tickets were going for like sort of upwards of $400 at one point, I think. Wow. Oh, there's the WWE rub. <laughs> there <Yep>. it is. <laughs> and 
you guys sure. also remember one thing we talked about were buy rates for ECW pay-per-views, which really honestly never really moved beyond. They never, I don't think they ever went beyond 0.25 uh, for the most part. I can't remember barely legal if that one really was the, the, the biggest spike of them all, but they never really moved. They're always pretty much in that 0.2 range. This is a 0.81. This is huge compared wow. to, yeah. yeah. And you can see where That's they're such like, such a niche yeah products. i know that's what's really impressive and also like when you look at the show just like there are no storylines here really there these are nope. they're just matches that well, are just kind of put together for the most part eddie's got something going on and i've always been trying to figure out what's what's wrong with him yeah <laughs> this was the eddie the this was between the uh eddie turning heel and this is between the he and ray just having the exhibition tag champs versus tag champ match at WrestleMania to that culminated with the custody for Dominic at SummerSlam. So this was like miserable Eddie. So I'd be too, if I was in that (laughs) storyline, as I mentioned them earlier, Colin did a great job for this show, digging up some, um, again, like looking at all the different facets, like where some people have been, what they've been doing. Obviously when we talk about guys like Chris Jericho, we're not gonna go through their entire WWF run, but it's mostly me focusing on what they did kind of in ECW because in all fairness, we didn't really, we never saw Chris Jericho in ECW with our coverage of their or paper. already. Ben, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So to kick it off here with um, some of the pre pay-per-view <clears throat> notes, Two days prior to One Night Stand, Shane Douglas held his own ECW reunion show entitled... (laughs) Of course he does. Hardcore Homecoming. Hardcore (laughs) hellhole. Which took place at the former ECW arena. This event was held on the 10th of June and the card was as follows. Mikey Whipwreck and Chris Chetty defeated Simon Diamond and C.W. Anderson. Tracy Smothers defeated the Blue Meanie. Two Cold Scorpio defeated Kid Cash. The Gangstonators of the team, the the electrifying tag team of New Jack and Cronus, went. (laughs) They went to a no contest with Bad Breed, which is Ian and Axel Rotten. This this was originally supposed to be the Eliminators versus Bad Breed, but Saturn was injured. Jerry Lynn defeated Just Incredible with Jason. Raven with the blue meanie and the musketeer beat the Sandman. Good. <laughs> he <laughs> he got, got his in his ass to show him what's going on. Darn it, darn it, darn Sabu with Bill Alfonso defeated Shane Douglas with Francine and uh, and Terry Funk. Tammy Lynn, or I'm, yeah, it was in a three, I'm sorry. And Terry Funk had Tammy Lynn Stitch or Sitch in the corner. This was a three-way, no-roped barbed wire match with Mick Foley as the referee. Wow. That sounds fun. Wow. (laughs) During the show, they also held a tribute to the fallen heroes of hardcore with Johnny Grunge, former uh, tag team partner of Rocco Rock, Pitbull number one, former tag team partner of Pitbull number two, and (laughs) Tammy Lynn Stitch. (laughs) (laughs) Viano 4. And of course, Tammy, uh, being the widow of Chris Candido, delivered a eulogy. They were interrupted by Danny Doring and Roadkill. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The Danaconda strikes again. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, after they were then choke slammed by 911. 
So uh, uh, I lo- I, Colin's note here is like, I haven't watched this show in years, but if I remember correctly, Johnny Grunge was in all caps, massive here. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So uh, he Johnny get- Gorge. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Glutton. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. <laughs> well, so I had a few yeah, reasons. <laughs> so, uh, some ECW names I forgot to mention at Guilty as Charged that don't show up on this show. Uh, Francine showed up on the inaugural TNA weekly pay per view in an angle hyping up the lingerie battle royal for the following week's show. She didn't seem to last long with the company. Her last match was a DQ loss. To Jasmine St. Clair, I was surprised to discover she showed up briefly on WWE's version of ECW. She seemed to mostly work house shows before showing up on TV in September in the corner of Balls Mahoney to aid in his feud with Kevin Thorne and Ariel. She was released just a month later. So, oh, Angel, here we go. Angel went to wrestle in Puerto Rico before semi-retiring to become a police officer. He went from being. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The, the king of the streets. Right. Became it, a dog. He speaks. In fact, that is Colin's next note. He said he went from being known as a gang leader to a police officer with a question mark. Was he inspired by Zed from Police Academy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's trying to remake The Wire. Uh, damn. <laughs> Tony. We're uh, Tony DeVito formed a tag team with the former striped shirt ECW referee H.C. Locke called the Carnage Crew in Ring of Honor, where he seemed to stay for a few years. He did make a couple of appearances on ECW on Sci-Fi, first on the second episode as Macho Libre, yes, a mix between Macho Man Randy Savage and Jack Black's character from the awful movie Nacho Libre that was released around that time. I need to see this now. <laughs> he, he would get destroyed by the Sandman in a squash match. <laughs> the second time was as a faux preacher who verbally rallied uh, uh, rallied against ECW until being attacked and chased away again by the Sandman. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's get into the beginning of this show. So as we kick it off, we, Joey is brought. Uh, Joey Styles is brought out first. And one thing I love in this show is how between him and Paul Heyman, he is so he's really caught up in the moment. He's very he's very emotional. I love it. It's I love seeing those. Do things. you not think? He was trying to force that because it looked as though he was about to throw up rather than cry. You think so? Because I <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Because I I know like when I'm I try to fight it off during different things that I watch. I'm like eh, I really don't want to cry in this movie right now. I'll cry later. But God dang it, I'm gonna. I know I'll twitch my face. Cry later. I'll cry later. <laughs> <laughs> when are you gonna have the time? <laughs> It's always those lonely car rides home between work. That's right. You're going to cry now. <laughs> You're going to cry. You want to keep your children? In You're going to cry. Very ring. <laughs> so um, he comes These out. are my tears. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm done. That was awesome. <laughs> um. All right, so he comes out. He brings out Mick Foley, who comes out very wisely in his with his Cactus Jack music and his Cactus Jack shirt. And then 
at, in typical ECW fashion, we just go right to the opening video, which I, I was watching the Sean. Did you guys watch? I know Jason, you watch on the network. Did anyone watch the Sean Long edit? No, no, I, I watched that on the network. Nope. Well, God dang. All right. Never mind. Well, then I'll just cut that note out here. Okay. But, well, what, what was it? Was it? Well, I was trying to figure the, out the opening video, if it was a part of the actual broadcast that they threw in there. There was an opening oh. video before Bod, the, 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 the Bodies uh, theme song coming in, and I couldn't tell if it was a part of the edit he gave me or what, but that's okay. That's no big deal. But well, uh, On the network, they, they play a little of the old Harry Slash ECW theme, and then it launches into Bodies. Gotcha. I think yeah, it's pretty much similar. The, okay. They have, like, the super cut of, like, the typical ECW intro with uh, Guerrero and Benoit and Jericho and Mysterio blended in. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Stuff. Yeah. All right. Good deal. But um, I love that they bring back bodies because even though like the ECW version in WWE in 2001 was not spectacular, like it was, it was cool to see their, they, they at least acknowledge that they, they, they were a part of it by using their, the theme song and you know what bodies is a I, it believe me like it's not number one on my playlist by any means but when it comes to a, a wrestling event it's awesome it's a great song for wrestling it's, it, it, yeah it's good fight music isn't it right right you know but um so let's go to our first match jason you get to start us off we've got lance storm with don marie taking on chris jericho I know, God Almighty! This is like making sitting through all the other ECW pay per views worth it. Um, get a Jericho match. One thing that was really cool is they also had the same security guys that would yeah. walk everyone to the ring. Because I noticed that the Dan Severin looking guy with a mullet just didn't have his mullet. Um, so I thought that was pretty neat. Um, let's see. Here. This match, I didn't take a lot of notes on the match itself because I was just kind of enjoying it. But I think it was awesome that Chris Jericho came out. As Lionheart Chris Jericho, yeah. if he'd had you know yes. they played his, his current music, but uh, but everything else like he had the old Lionheart vest. He didn't do any of the Jericho uh, Y2J poses. None of the come on baby. He was out there kind of just a spunky baby face Jericho. Um, but it didn't take long for this to turn into an ECW crowd immediately starting to chant "She's a crack whore" at Don Marie. Um, to, to a pregnant woman, no less. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, God, come on. And plus, I mean, she's she's been out there a minute. Give, give her some time. Um, she, she's also getting over the death of Al Wilson. <laughs> I <forgot> about that. <laughs> that damn. Uh, then uh, what's cool is like some of the commentary is like, and Joey Styles will do it throughout the night, is, uh, let's see, who was it? Lance Storm sits there and go, throws Jericho into the corner with a tough Irish whip, and he just calls it a Canadian whip. He'll later call it an Italian whip. Um, I just like when he does that. Um, and it's a really good match. Like, this is the... Like, they really play up on Jericho and Storm's history together, having their first match together, kind of breaking into the heart dungeon together. Then, uh, everything's great. Until... Screwjob finish just comes in as typical because here comes Just Incredible and Jason and wind up smacking Jericho in the head because of a distraction and Lance Storm gets a cheap win which Foley and Joey Styles really go into him. So, I mean, but it's still a good match. Up until then, I'd give this match, this match gets an eight automatically for me. Wow. Right out of the gates there. 
Keesler. He's hitting the well, I told, <laughs> slap shot. I love, I love Chris Jericho. Yeah. And Chris Jericho and Lance Storm had a good match. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. It's okay. No worries. No worries. It's fine. It's fine. Do you think it was funny, though? Like, real quick, like, there's this narrative. Oh, it's, this could be the last time Lance Storm is in a ring. You know, this is the... They, they kept really pushing that hard. Yeah, it would make a. It would have been a bigger deal if he'd have been wrestling a little bit more than twelve years. So, but, <laughs> but yeah, they really did. I think it was. I don't know why, because um, I don't remember him being in WWE, CW, like when it started doing the well, weekly show. Don't. Well, um, I, th- I think he was poking around Ring of Honor at that time. Yeah, I remember he was there for a, a while. Um, I don't know. Maybe they were just trying to come up with something to give this match some stakes, even though none of the matches had stakes. Right, right. So, Charlie, Jason came hot out of the gates with an eight. Do you? How do you feel about this opener, Jericho and Storm? Uh, <clears throat> for the most part, I agree. It's uh, it's a really good match. It's better than I remember it being. I I also wrote down that he was called Lionheart, Chris Jericho. Like I really I really like that. Um, the <laughs> the continuing storyline of whether or not we should have mats outside the ring uh, reared its ugly head again. Apparently, only the New York State Athletic Commission mandates that there be mats outside the ring, or else fuck them. You know? <laughs> like I'm pretty sure we saw the mats in in other in other uh, states. Yep, d- several the other several states. other states. Yeah, but no, for some reason it's just New York this time. Sorry, folks. I, I, I don't know what Joey Styles' hang-up is on these fucking mats. <laughs> it, just, <laughs> it just drives me nuts. Um, there's a couple of really good chants. Um, even though, unfortunately, they do, they do take away from the match, which I think is a little disrespectful, but Chris Candido gets a nice little chant yep. going, and I think that's more to do with his relationship uh, with uh, Lance Storm. Uh, there, and This isn't the only time this chant comes in, but... Man, it goes all night, man. Uh, the fuck John Cena chance. Oh, yeah. Uh, which, man, like, it's it's hard to believe, but it really has almost always been like this. Yeah. Like, always. Like, and it just doesn't matter what he does. Oh, he's controversial, Charlie. He's the most controversial oh, ever. He's the most polarizer. Dummy, dummy, <laughs> fuck, man, it, it's the a reaction. <laughs> <laughs> and this isn't even that reaction. long. Yeah, this is only a few months after he won the World Heavyweight right. Championship. Yeah, right, this is oh, this is oh five. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, this, WrestleMania twenty one. Jesus, yeah. man, the people are already sick of him, and it's like, well, strap yourselves in, folks. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's had, I think at this point, Cena had like one title defense. Yeah, against right. JBL, which I heard was, if you compare the matches, is a much better match than their Mania match. Like it really yep. goes to put that him over. Awful. Oh man, but uh, no, we get to see the Impact players, which is kind of cool. Uh, the saddest part of this match, and I really do hate to say this because I love Don Marie, but for some reason, Jason and Don Marie have aged ten years in the span of four. Uh, I don't, I don't know how this happened because everyone else looks really good. Jason's hair is not the same, and no. Don Marie He's... almost. Th- there is a period of her in WWE where she almost doesn't look like herself. And I think it's yeah. because she must have gotten like plastic surgery or something, which is a shame because you can also even see it in the Rise and Fall uh, documentary. Like that's Don Marie, you know, just something just doesn't look quite right, <laughs> sadly. And she's not doing her usual shtick uh, on her way to the ring or when she's at the ring. Uh, it, it feels like a much tamer, toned down WWE version of the Don Marie character. But other than that, the uh, the finish of the match is a little 
wonky. It is interesting to see just incredible, like get tangled up with Chris Jericho. Uh, yeah, it's just, yeah. those are two guys. I don't think I've ever seen in the same shot before, but, um, I do wish the match had gone a little bit differently in terms of an ending. Uh, Cause the match itself was a solid, uh, competition. I'd give it a 7.5. Whoa, hold on, hold on. He's going to hedge and go, but bet- Oh, wow. Seven and a half. Okay. If the ending was if the ending was different, I think I could have bumped it a bit more. But I, I just nah. It's a good match. It's really good. All right, Martin. How about you? Um, I again, re- like everybody else, I really, really liked it. Um, not especially because it was an ECW thing, but just because it was Chris Jericho versus Lance Storm. Fair enough. I'll take that. There's some really, really neat moves, like a bottom rope missile drop kick. Just because. The ring is smaller and he doesn't have the time. Jericho still does the move, but does it from the bottom rope. I don't know why. I just found that little just change up really, really interesting. Um, yeah, Joey keeps going on about Matt's again. This truly is an ECW show. Um, yeah, the Camino chance I've got, because I, I think he died like just weeks, and I'm talking just weeks before this show. Um there's some really nice sort of chain wrestling at the start, a really nice reversal. Um, there's just one sort of almost botch where just the scra- uh, Jericho scrabbling for, for the walls, but he manages to turn it into a slingshot. Fair enough. Um, I didn't necessarily mind the ending. It was the only thing that got me was the blatant foreshadowing when they mentioned Storm was in a tag team with just incredible just incredible just incredible impact players impact players <laughs> it was kind of driven just a bit too home but other than that that's fine um i went with an eight okay i'm at seven i think it's a solid match it's a solid opener uh i don't have too much to say other than what you guys did you guys pretty much covered it all so i'm at a seven on that so yeah it's a good opener overall i think it's it's everyone pretty much not the same on that we now cut to a classic shot of the booth, of the ECW booth with its commentators. Joey brings up the empty balcony section where the anti-ECW contingent is supposed to be. That will be our Raw and SmackDown superstars. I'll be coming in later. Backstage, it's Gary Wolf. Who knew? Yeah. He, Dude, he, this, did we ever see a promo with him in ECW? No. Nope. Like, this is fantastic. <laughs> he throws he throws like a very heartfelt shout out to the deceased members of ECW and then um, that- just before that um I was listening uh, watching this uh, well watching th- while listening through earphones I'm not so watching through headphones um and as he's talking you can hear someone open a can of something you can hear the <laughs> <laughs> right on brother <laughs> it's probably Sandman yeah, it probably is <laughs> it's Randy Savage. He snuck in. He's watching the show backstage. <laughs> so we shoot to a, a, a very like low key, low budget in memoriam. This was definitely not one that. <laughs> this isn't the Oscars, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of the same names we mentioned earlier. We got Rocco Rock. There's also Terry Gordy, Mike Lockwood, Crash Holly. He shows up in there. For yeah. A Original Sheik, Mike uh, Lazansky. Pitbull, Anthony Durante, and three, yep, Pitbull number two. How are you? Or is he Pitbull? No, wait, yeah, he's no, Pitbull. He's, he's Pitbull number two. He is. It Pitbull was, it was two. Gary who's Pitbull number one. Right. <laughs> Big Dick Dudley, Chris Candido, and that's the one they close it with. That one gets the again massive pop. He gets he gets the Heath Ledger. Yep. Uh, yep. Finale. Yep. It's just weird. Oh. 
Louis Piccoli? Oh, yeah. That's right. Where was Louis Piccoli? I mean, Tommy well, Dreamer named his... died before. Yeah. And he, uh, Louis Piccoli get, gets the Brad Renfro treatment. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's a River Phoenix of ECW. No, no, no. Brad Renfro was famously left off of that in memoriam. And it was, oh. yeah, and it was like, oh, man, he was... He was going to be the next big thing, and now, oh, well, I guess Hollywood doesn't like him. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chuck, that leads us into our next match, and I'll do, or actually, I got a, I think I just got a couple quick pre-match notes, but we have, go, get, go, fig, go figure, we, and on this show, we would get this, a three-way dance with Tajiri, accompanied by Mikey Whipwreck and the Sinister Minister, against Little Guido, with every FBI oh. member ever, except for one, and, and super crazy. So, to Tajiri, we don't need to say too much, I think. We know that, you know, he has been in WWF at this point for a while. A lot, like, I forget how many belts he actually had won. Like, he had won a, a, a sizable amount of cruiserweight, light heavyweight, and tag team titles with various and people. Hmm. I want to say US, but I think I might be wrong on that. Uh, yes, he had a brief stint after he beat yeah. Canyon, of all people. He beat Canyon for that. Guido uh, wrestled for ROH in the early days until he signed with WWE in late 02, where he was brought in as Nunzio. He brought back the FBI stable um, with Johnny the Bull, Stamboli, and Chuck Palumbo. Tony Mamaluke would work indies and feud with Guido in ROH. He took nearly two years off to train in martial arts at the New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, Dojo in LA before returning to wrestling in 05. Uh, Colin notes, I recall reading in the Power Slam magazine in 01 about the FBI having a dark match against Doring and Roadkill on a WWE show that apparently the crowd enjoyed, but when looking for confirmation, I can only find these notes about the match. And it simply says, uh, Roadkill, Doring, FBI in a dark match. Rumors say it got a lot of heat from WWF officials for being, quote unquote, too ECW style, so none of them were brought back. Which, um... I th- Doring and Roadkill do get brought back because, as he saw later, we'll talk about they have a velocity match that came into play. Um, Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, here we go. While they brought, you know, as we talk about the FBI, there are quite a few FBI guys that are here, but there is definitely one that is missing. And unfortunately... A big one. A big one. That is, unfortunately, um, Big Sal here. Who wasn't who wasn't with the FBI? <laughs> Is that the Incredible Hulk? <laughs> yeah. Other than appearing at TNA's Hardcore Justice in 2010, Big Sal seems to have vanished off the face of the earth. I know a few years ago there was rumors of his death, but people seem to be mixing it up with Val Puccio, who seemed to be known as Big Val and was in ECW in 95-96. So somewhere, somehow, in this world, there's some there's a man walking around who was not included in this show. By the name of Big Sal. Here's to you, Big Sal. <coughs> so, super crazy. He worked for the Indies, including XPW and in Puerto Rico after ECW folded. He would defeat Eddie Guerrero in the main event of the inaugural ROPA show to become the very first intercontinental heavyweight champion for the Puerto Rican Interna- International Wrestling Association. Woo! He, wow. would, he would also go on to work in Mexico for New Japan Pro Wrestling, winning many titles, but none of note to ourselves. So, Charlie, how about <laughs> it, man? <laughs> uh, uh, um, 
Well, you know, he, <laughs> it's extreme. <laughs> it's, it's extreme. You know, it, uh, I'm going to mm, I'll try to make this quick. Uh, I remember when I first saw this batch, I really liked it, which is what, 10 years ago now. And now since we're, we've run through the, the gamut of these shows, uh, <laughs> of course, this match is going to be on the card. I almost feel like the, they're trolling us. Yeah. Uh, you know, just like, ah, you get it again. Um, the, the, man, I will say this, though. That is probably my favorite green miss spot that mm. uh, I've seen yet. Because it's like, once again, I was like, oh, man, what are they going to do to him? And then and with that powerbomb move and Tajiri just spitting it out as a counter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really dug that. Um, it took me a second, but I was laughing my ass off when uh, I don't remember who said it. Uh, I think it was. I want to say it was Mick Foley or something, but someone thinking that the word innuendo meant Italian suppository. Oh, yeah, that was Joey. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> and I'd never heard that before. Um, other than that, I mean, it's fine for what it is, but I, I just, I didn't really care. And, and I, I don't like seeing Nunzio, little Guido, like not get his due. He barely got any shit in at all. Yeah. And he is so good. And we didn't mention him. He he's actually pretty uh, predominantly featured, or prominently featured on the Rise and Fall documentary, it's which true. is great. Mm-hmm. And like, it's interesting to hear his perspective and and the reasons why he stayed. And it got me to like him a little bit more. But um, no, I, I wasn't really impressed with that ma- with this match. I mean, it was great to see these guys super crazy doing his usual shtick, like the moon sold off the balcony or whatever. Uh, I give it a five. Nice. Okay. Okay. So, Martin, how did you feel about this one? Um, I went with a seven because, yes, it was another triple threat <laughs> or oh, three way down. Sorry, but it was it was fun. It was fine. It was action packed. I think with everybody around ringside. Um, I didn't appreciate Joey shitting on the FBI's gimmick yet again. It's like, yes, we get it, that not many of them are Italian. (laughs) (laughs) The the moonsault off the the balcony, of course, but it just... (laughs) It's still... You you just think, wow, why? Um, And then... (laughs) This was the one time Mikey Whipwreck hit the whippersnapper. Wait, wait, hold on. Wait, wait, Martin, do do you... I don't know if you know this. Mikey Whipwreck defeated Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, he did, didn't he? <laughs> if you had only watched this show, you wouldn't know it. I know. This was the one time Joey kept his mouth shut. <laughs> That's right. And they should have brought it up. I know. Yeah, they should have. Especially with Austin being on the same show. <laughs> Burying the lead, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, Martin, you said uh, you gave it a, what a seven? A seven. I th- cool. I think it was it was fine. Nice. It was great. Jason, how about you? Anything else you want to add on that? Yeah. Um, do you guys remember when Outcast came out with that double album and Hey Ya was everywhere? Never. And then that year at the uh, yeah that year at the MTV Movie Awards when they're closing the show, they closed the show with another song, and the crowd really wasn't into it. And Andre Three Thousand went, well, all right, God damn it. Hey, y'all, one more time. Well, this is hey, y'all, one more time with this triple threat. That's how I feel about it. Is It's just, it's like, if it wasn't for the fact that we had just burned through it, this might be really good. Um, 
and I think it's funny. This goes to show that Martin's reaction to the the balcony dive spot is the guy's going to jump like 15 to 20 feet in the air backwards onto some other people. And we're just like, eh. I, know, it's, I, I feel terrible for thinking it, but yeah, it's a case of, well, here, here comes the, the, the dive. Right. And it was, you know, it was just, uh, and then once little Guido's gone, the match only goes on for like two more minutes. Um, the crowd is chanting, you fucked up hardcore on something. Yeah. I don't know what it was. Cause I didn't yeah. see it. There's just an awkward so, moment where Tajiri and Super Crazy and Tajiri yeah. did not have it worked out. Yeah, but, and they yeah, just they, they just end up kind of just staring at each other. How for you a doing, second. pal? Yeah. yeah. But I think it kind of got to Super Crazy because maybe he was wrapped up in the the emotion too. Because that power bomb he gave to Tajiri had a lot of extra stank on it. Like Tajiri yeah. bounced like twice um, when he lands it on here. Uh, I'm with Martin. I'm just giving this like five. I mean, it's just more of the same. I think Martin gave it a seven. Pal. So you're with uh, me, yeah. pal. I, was, with I apologize. <laughs> I'm, I'm aligned with Charlie. I couldn't believe it either. Yeah. I'm a, I'm right at like six. I, these guys have done, I, unfortunately on this show because of, and I think this will be a good talking point for the end of this show, talking about the show overall. It, it's it's half, it's like half as much of the stuff that you, they would normally do in one of these matches. They used to do, in some of these matches, they would do some incredible spots. You know, and really like, and, and Charlie, you talked about it, like when little Guido would like, they turn him loose and let him get in some of that shoot style. It was awesome. Like it was really fun to watch. He just doesn't get to. I'm at mm-hmm. six. I, I think it's all right. It's it's fine. You know, it, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's extreme. extreme. But I will say <laughs> this match brings up the first instance where I want to I want us to start talking about whether Mick Foley needed to commentate on this show because. <laughs> Oh boy! I notes and I put save it for Will. <laughs> yeah, I just let it go. I was, yeah. You know, there's a point get into match. this now. Well, there's well, let's we'll take it match by match because in this match, the thing that really oh, great. Is, the thing we can that, review the match and we can review Mick Foley's commentary <laughs> for said match as we go. So what a right. great idea! After everybody comes out, Mick like cannot keep this succinct. He likes to put himself over talking about how. He's had like a tag team championship with so many of the guys in the ring, but he goes on so long that eventually Joey cuts him off and starts it's calling the match. It's awesome, but it's not the end. So that's the first one I wanted to bring up. Did anyone else notice anything else that, about Foley in this with his commentating? He's, he is a WWE commentator on an ECW show. Mm-hmm. Cyrus, he is not. Right. He is not. Oh, God, I miss Cyrus on this show. Man. I did too. Hell, I miss Gertner. Oh, um, well. <laughs> well. Hang on, pal. Oh, man. Yeah, we'll get to it. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but, no, <sighs> Foley, I mean, was this before or after the his commentating stint where he just kind of stormed off because he was tired of Vince yelling in his ear? This is before. Oh, this is before? Okay, yeah, well, I, see, I think after I this he has After this, he has the match with Flair, which is, he, he says he is the worst match ever. That's uh, that's how you build it. That's how you build a paper. I'm going Foley, out there to yeah. have the worst match I can. Just yeah, wait till think, we get uh, to 2006 Foley. The next show is where it is like we need. I, I will. I hope we talk a lot about where Mick Foley was in his career because it's not talked a lot about. But when you look at it, it's this weird period of his that's coming up where he feels like he needs to try and get over again in a way that yeah. it just doesn't need to. But anyway. No, didn't he do this? Um, well, I'm, I'm jumping ahead here. But like, I can see why Vince yelled at him. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> yeah. But like, didn't he do this 
we um we talked about this a while ago. What what was it a year or two ago when he took over for Stone Cold's podcast when he interviewed Shane and and, and it always seemed like Mick was just trying to get himself over. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And how annoying that was. Oh, Jesus. I Even as that. the GM of Raw, when he was doing the stuff with the Sasha, like he felt like he needed, it felt like he was trying to get it himself over in the women's Hell in a Cell match. I was like, what? <laughs> right. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous. But all right. We'll get to more of that later there. Um, six. Uh, yeah. Super crazy is the one who goes over. Good deal. All right. So next. We go to a video package, one of a couple that we're going to get, of just random ECW stuff. Like, this is the laziest editing job I've ever seen, where it's just like, they just went to Daily Motion. Like, let's get a bunch of clips <laughs> and throw them together. And they Top 10 ECW moments from someone whose account is listed as uh, RVD Fan 420. Like, it would have made, like what I would have liked is if, if you would have segmented it to where it was defend. This is early ECW stuff. Like, maybe even the Eastern Championship Wrestling pre- uh, extreme championship wrestling if you segmented it and they it seems like maybe that's what they were trying to do but they still end up mixing in stuff from later on and it's just weird but you know it's just a bunch of stuff you get the the amazing Shane promo that Charlie talked about which I agree like it's at this point a little overrated but it's in there and this random dude Sabu Sandman Dreamer Funk you got it basically the theme is this shit used to be pretty damn crazy if you never saw it um, hey, remember this? Don't they yeah. show this? Where they show Sabu's neck breaking? That's like, like the one of the thighs. Okay, leg snaps. exactly. It's yeah. like one of the next ones. It's ex- that's a perfect comparison, Jason. It is the Joe Theismann leg snap. Hey, man, you ever see the Blind Side? Now you will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all right, so they cut. They get out of this video. We go to the shots of the empty balcony where this again, where we're going to be seeing the and they're hyping whether or not they're going to show up. Spoiler alert, they do. <laughs> we this is where they show <laughs> they go to the outside and Charlie, this was your note. This is where they start to show some of the graphics on the screen and they look so good. They look exactly like they used to look on ECW shows. And it just shows you they went to the nines to make sure that they, this thing looked authentic and it's great. So, uh, Martin, you've got up a next a real dandy of a match here. We got Seacosis. <laughs> we got a well, dandy. <laughs> who, who are we to doubt Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Seacosis? And then, because you know we're we're a pretentious podcast, he will be known as Seacosis on this podcast and not the not the whatever whatever American uh, psychosis. Forget it. My professor is Mike Tanay, all right? <laughs> but, um, okay. Know, but, uh, Martin, take it away, pal. Oh, this fucking sucks. <laughs> I, I, I wanted this to be so good because this is. This is our one of Nitro shit. <laughs> this is this is supposed to be the good stuff. Um, and for whatever reason, Psychosis decides, eh, no, let's 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 do mat work. Boy, I'm let's not do- feeling the mask. I'm not wearing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think at this point he had officially been unmasked. <laughs> wait a minute, Will. Wait a minute. <laughs> Is that his voice? Yeah, that's Seacosis' voice. He, now, wait a minute. Hold on. 
and there was due to Lee Brain or how do you feel about a real shit is he Slade Wilson from the island? He is. Slade is he going to stereo? You can't have, you can't have personal relations in ECW. <laughs> How many more surprises you got for us, psychosis? Goddamn! Kuru's got psychosis gone crazy. Oh, God. Uh, sorry, Martin. Go ahead, buddy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, for a match labelled Extreme Lucha, it's nothing. It's like it's a, yeah. It, in fairness, it does pick up at the end, but Psychosis or Psychosis uh, has decided to wrestle a mat based style, and this is like full on bloated Ray. Mysterio. Yeah. Oh, God. This is swollen, Ray. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it is. It is. Yep. It's going to be and an 819. Just... Oh, <laughs> 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 Dial it up. <laughs> um, it does pick up at the end. I mean, there's the guillotine leg drop on the, uh, the oh, guardrail. Awesome. Shane Douglas's guardrail is back <laughs> for one night. Um,. Psychosis bailing out of the ring and landing in a, a woman's lap. That's clearly that was him just trying to get his jollies for one night. Yeah, throw me over there. Just <laughs> see, he, I like he, that. He, land, he lands in a crotch. Yeah, I love Joey's reaction too. He's like, "Hey, check it out! It's uh, Lucha Night. Every fan under twelve years old gets to take home a Lucha door." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the fans do not like the 619. I know, man. I couldn't wait. I, they, I could not wait, because you knew they were going to shit on that move. Yeah. Thankfully, they pop for the, you know, for the Dragon Rana, the, you know, what is it, the West Coast pop? The West Coast pop! <laughs> More like the West Coast um, poop. That thing sucks. Yes. <laughs> oh. I, I don't know if it was me, but like I said, I was just expecting just a little bit better, because... It's it's still Psychosis and Rey Mysterio. It shouldn't. I, I shouldn't be bored watching it. So it, I can only give it a four. I'm gonna go full Brett on this. Ooh, that's okay. Hey, Jason, Jason, take it away, bud. Um, the commentary team loves to tout how many matches Rey Mysterio and Psychosis have had. They go into their history about training together, growing up together. They say they have over 500 matches. Which is impressive, and they and then, but to, the thing is, is this show's about ECW. So when you say a couple guys have had 500 matches, and then say three of those matches were in ECW, <laughs> you, you kind of take away a little bit of their connection. Um, and also, this match was really sloppy for two guys to have had 500 matches. To, I feel I like mean, real quick. I feel like this is if this would be if they remade the Mel Gibson movie Forever Young, it'd be Forever Lucha and. Ray Mysterio, played by Mel Gibson, would look at me. I want to wrestle him for a year or a long time. <laughs> oh my God. The world needs a Mel Gibson wrestling movie now. Yes, it does. Yes. Give me back my son. Um, that would be Give great. me back my title. <laughs> Give me oh, back my God. mask. I shouldn't be wearing he could be. He could star in the Kurt Angle Jason Jordan made for TV documentary. Oh, yeah. True. 
It's true. I'd love it. Um, <laughs> what Martin brought up the the guillotine leg jump of death spot that psychosis nails Rey Mysterio's face into that guardrail. Yes. You can hear the ting. And I was like, oh, is that? Oh, no, that was his face. Um, and for a minute, like Foley did something great. Foley, Foley calls, he says that that psychosis, psycho guillotine is in honor of the late gorilla monsoon. <laughs> and I love this is the funniest thing ever. And then he goes back and tries to correct it by talking about he he takes away the joke. I didn't bother writing it down, but he like tries to over-explain it. He does. And I was like, bowling. Yep. Yeah. He nailed the chase. And that, that was the note. That was the one I was going to bring up from this match where you could tell Vince probably got to say, what are you talking about, pal? What the <laughs> hell are you talking about? <laughs> it, then uh, it's just like, hey, this match is is it's really disappointing because you know it's, we said earlier I'm a big WCW fan and Rey Mysterio versus Psychosis is a that's a Monday night staple and this was so far below what it normally could. Rey picks up the win, the crowd boos the shit out of six one nine, and so I give it a I'm I'm with Martin. I'm going full Brett. I get a four. Charlie, are we consistent here? Are you are you in line? With we Jason? Uh, <laughs> we we are not. Oh, oh, I loved this. Whoa, whoa. I ate it up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I ate it up. From psychosis taking his taking his mask off <laughs> to Joey Styles saying some line of bullshit <laughs> about how psychosis removing his mask is a sign of respect between him and the crowd. And, and, and then, then the crowd reciprocate, of course. Yeah, yeah, the crowd reciprocates. Put the mask on, like that was the chant. I was like, "What kind of bullshit is this?" I, I like you. I'm gonna let you see my face. You know, just, show me your it's, face. It's, it's fucking brilliant. It's brilliant. Like, 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 it's such a great cover because it's so bad. Like, it's like I don't believe that at all. And I mean, I don't. I'm not claiming I know everything about Lucha Libre. But there's no way that's true. There's just no way. And on top of that, psychosis or psychosis, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> this is this is like his weird period where I swear, I think he was trying to bulk up. I think he was trying to to become something bigger than just, oh, that's the guy who used to open Money Nitro with guys like Rey Mysterio and Ultimo Dragon and stuff like that. And because did you look at his chest? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What the <laughs> hell, man? Uh, it, he had back me. Yes, yes. He's got he's got front knee. Yeah. It's it, and it it looks bad. Oh, it it looks like he's got some kind of uh, allergic reaction to like too many Ric Flair chops or something. I don't know. <laughs> but um let's see. <laughs> Lucha Libre uh the, love the guillotine. Love that the 619 got booed. I always remembered that from from watching this uh, from the first time that that's a move that they just do not like. That's a, that's something straight out of WWE. And I never liked it either. I, I always thought that move sucked. And I loved what Rey Mysterio used to do. And he, and he, I think it's because he is a little bloated or maybe he's older, but the way he used to do a Frankensteiner into a roll up where it almost looked like just one move and it would mm. be so smooth how he would do it. He almost pulls it off here, but he doesn't, but I don't give a shit. I was so entertained by this. This is a seven. Easily. Oh, God. God. Easily. This, I, I think this is such a, this match is full of so many missed opportunities. It's just between Psychosis' mask, 
you know, Ray not even like like not even attempting to like kind of honor his ECW side, you know, like he. I guess because of his body type, he probably can't do the tights he used to. So I'm not going to rail him on that because, you know, he's a big bloated pig at this point. I'm just kidding. He's not. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Easy there, Mr. Bowler. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But no, I think it's like he said, like, he should have known, like, this is an ECW show. I probably need to not wrestle the Adapt way. Adapt my style. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This is such a missed opportunity, this match. And I, I feel bad. Like, I'm. I'm kind of in league with with uh, Jason and Martin with a four because when you look at like what these guys could do back in the day, and I understand, and you guys talked about it, like their bodies have changed. They can't necessarily do a lot of the same stuff, but man, this thing just seems like they they, they miss some opportunities. It seems like the highlights of this match are the unintended things yes. that the the, cra- yeah. the crowd brings to it. So I yes. guess in, I guess in that regard. <laughs> Is everyone still there? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. I just yeah, it was, I heard it's amazing, and then everything went completely silent. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's extreme, you know. It's, I don't know. What to, I cannot wait for you guys to hear that sound because it sounded like it, it just Hiroshima the the the, the system here. <laughs> and, and what's what's going on is while we're recording, I've just got one night stand playing and on my TV in the background with no sound. And as soon as everything wiped out, is when it just zooms right in on Big Gene Snitsky's face. <laughs> oh, so, <laughs> it's amazing, zoom, and just nothing. Quite a face. <laughs> the sound was, was awesome. All right, so, the world stops for Gene Snitsky. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, so we move now. Guess who? Look who's arrived. Kurt Angle and the anti ECW faction. This is the SmackDown. Wrestlers, they have arrived to get into the uh, uh, the uh, balcony seats. The crowd is particularly ornery towards JBL for good reason. Rightfully so. The, yeah. Right flips. Yeah, I, I love JBL's thing. He just holds up his ticket to Mysterio and goes, "I got a ticket, you little Mexican." <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote that too. Man. Mm. Um, then we go backstage where it's Roadkill and Doring. For just a moment, because then we cut back to the SmackDown wrestlers. So it sucks. We don't really get to see them very much. They just <laughs> on the network need to version. Come back. On the network version, I don't think we even get that. It just cuts to nope. like memories, and then oh no, <laughs> it would be great yeah, if they we were accidentally put in the in memoriam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. like no, motherfucker, they're still alive. No, <laughs> they're in the <laughs> no. They're actually in the building, man. <laughs> They're right there. <laughs> that would be such a great ECW thing. They they just overlook something or, or yeah. just, trying to <laughs> trying to beef up the in memoriam. <laughs> Why follow format? Put them in the fucking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But then, of course, the, there's the debate in the production truck. Well, do we kill them? <laughs> Maybe we can order Stone Cold to for or have Stone Cold order Chris Benoit to kill them too. Yeah, oh no! Man. We'll get there. We'll get there. But I oh god! No, the crowd. They start chanting, "You suck dick at Kurt Angle." 
He has the for your mother taught me how to. You don't that it still admits that you're still doing <laughs> Wait a minute. No, I was trying to figure this out, man. Like, is he saying that as a legit comeback? Or is this so. or is he in character as goofy Kurt Angle? Like he no. wasn't goofy then. He was this was when he was GM and SmackDown, I think, where he was like <laughs> super aggressive. Me, Kurt Angle. I, I mean like the, there is a true part of his personality. That is just like the goofy character that we used to watch when we were younger. <laughs> that, that that is from a real place. <laughs> this yeah. guy that just does stupid yeah. shit. And oh, keeps, God. keeps his SmackDown polo on for a total of 10 seconds before he <laughs> it off. I don't know. He leaves it off. I'm too yeah. hot. Yeah, he leaves it off. Never well, comes back on. The, Who knows? On like the second row of balcony, and they're probably hot. I don't know. He's got the SmackDown, like, if you they they cut to outside of the arena. There's a helicopter above the above the place, and this is where New Jack does his jump. Except he dives from a helicopter <laughs> through the roof and s- just to steal that shirt and leave. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a fucking bungee. <laughs> <laughs> but JBL's promo here is fucking good. Yep. I mean, it is. It's doing exactly what it needs to do. And it seems like yeah, it's coming so, from a severe hate. Oh yeah. Oh absolutely. Yeah, it's it exactly. It does exactly what it's supposed to do. Absolutely. Yeah, it's um Now wait a uh, second. Was this before or after he violently shoved Joel Gertner? Okay, no, so I think that's where we're I think we're right that's around how they get them because, because they don't, do the don't the mic up there. Yeah, because they're well they do another video, I think. They do some more either this video. More package. people died. Uh, you know, more... <laughs> <laughs> In between the in memoriams, like six other people died. <laughs> but it's another one of these random <laughs> clips of high spots and whatever. This is where they do the Joe Theismann Sabu broken neck spot, which doesn't really oh, amount God. to anything. It's just four slow mos of him crunching his neck on the canvas and super gluing it it's back just, together or whatever here, here's a soon-to-be murderer just not pulling off a move the proper way <laughs> yeah. Yeah. oh my god and then he follows up you see that broken neck replay like several times and then you follow up with beulah's i'm pregnant oh, oh it's the way she says it and not even that it's the way she stands like her stance yeah. where she's kind of like got one foot pivoted in the other direction like she's trying to leave a conversation yeah <laughs> it's it's so awkward like, it is so community. I don't want to kiss you. Well, why not? <laughs> why? Tell me. Because I'm pregnant. Uh, all right. I guess that's a reason. <laughs> so after this, where you got, <laughs> after this, uh, that video package, that's when Gertner appears in the balcony. And I think Colin only has a few notes. He's like, other than briefly showing up in TNA, looking slim and managing the Rainbow Express, Gertner didn't do much after ECW. He did show up at Hardcore Homecoming, having the usual back and forth with Cyrus at the start of the show, but that's it. And then instantly, he is bullied immediately by Angle and JBL yes. with like with, without they, waiting. They nearly yep. fucking kill him. His head hits yeah. that that um, yeah. that balcony. Right. I, the JBL stuff. Now, this is where we get into where you're talking about with Jason and when JBL. I love this line where he thinks that he sells out Madison Square Garden. Yes. yes. Yeah, okay. I came to see it's the extreme. white guy. Yeah, exactly. It's extreme, but I mean, come on. I mean, it, 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 it's, it, it, you know. 
Um, did JBL yeah, he, like? Did he ever draw a dime? <laughs> like I hate saying that. No, no, I, mean, I know. I, I think, like I think he he's lumped in with like the Kevin Nash. Yeah, he's like the Ke- the Diesel of the two thousand World Champions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his run is significant for, in one regard sure. because it was like you know it, because people were wanting to see him lose that belt and they, yeah. he just never did until Cena. And I think that was his draw. That was his only draw. But, just that uh, yeah. one little run. Okay. Yeah, he had some awful, really awful matches with Taker. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. They are atrocious. I do remember that because this is when Taker was coming off of returning to his gimmick and all that. And yeah. Those matches are terrible. Yeah. Um, the uh, Angles references when he walked out, he references that. JBL mm-hmm. thinks he's a wrestling god. And then finally, thank God, RVD's music plays. It sucks that it's one of a kind because... It's ECW, yep. but whatever. He gets... It's sad also that he's got the knee injury. Uh, that I think he had he had reconstructive surgery in January. He wouldn't appear again until the 06 Rumble, I think. It'd be a while yeah. oh before my God. he would wrestle again. But his promo is really... Isn't that amazing? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah I, like, I like how he talks about... Um... Hey, do you remember when RVD used to have a vocabulary? Yeah, yeah, and I actually kind of sat there for a second and went, "No, I don't." You <laughs> did, <laughs> yeah, and sure enough, like I, I really do love that promo. Uh, he's uh, that's that's really seems like it's from the heart. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. The, uh, Alfonso look a million years old though. Yes. Yeah, that was what I was gonna say. Go ahead, Jason. What were you gonna say? Say, so, uh, he's going on about him. He starts talking about going to events. He's like, "Let's just do an ECW pay per view." And then he's when he he keeps going on about describing what he was telling Vince. When he says no storyline, he shoots a fucking look up that balcony. Yeah. Like 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 why are you even here? I mean like not like in the haha storyline get out of here WWE guys, but like for real you're you're kind of fucking this whole thing up. Um, and it is it's just good like it like for people that hadn't watched any ECW and didn't know that Rob Van Dam had a personality. This was great. I wish we could have seen more of this. We still never got it. Mm. Right. And it's wild here. We get this the this ending where Rhino appears and gores him. Oh, it tears off that, the knee brace. Before that, RVD admits that missing this this pay-per-view was worse than missing WrestleMania and Booker T's wedding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good call. Yep. That's right. That's right. Um, but then, you know, we have... Rhino tears off the knee brace, but then that's when the lights go out, and and who else is in the ring? Well, my my Microsoft Word decided it was going to be somebody else. He it literally has an automobile. A Saab is in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rhino versus a Saab would be pretty that's cool. Amazing. <laughs> the most homicidal, genocidal, suicidal car on the market today. It's not a Corvair. <laughs> you go. Right. <laughs> Unsafe at any speed. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and of course, being this is an ECW show, a referee gets in the ring and we have a match. We have Sabu versus Rhino. So, Jason, take it away, buddy. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I'm trying to see if, what, what notes I have on here. Um, there's a Michael Jackson cosplayer in the front row on the right hand side. Uh, I paused it and looked. This dude is in full black MJ jacket, pasty hair, glasses, and glittery gloves. I have no idea why he's there. Because um, I, I, I started thinking about all the uh, classic ECW fans 
that would show up that are always in the same outfits. Do you guys ever remember a Michael Jackson cosplayer? Nope. Okay. Um, was was he like in with the Musketeer? <laughs> Might have been. Um, but he's over there. Like, it's just crazy. It cracked me up to see that because this match goes all over the place being a Sabu Rhino match. Um, the, uh, I mean, it's, it's great to kind of see them because they don't seem to have gotten the memo to hold back a little bit mm-hmm. at all. Um, it's really good. The match kind of comes to an end when RVD and Sabu give Rhino the Arabian fuckbuster 4000. Yes. Um, which the only thing is, is with this is this was the guy and they tout about it the whole fucking match about Rhino being the last ECW world champion. And he's just kind of put out really quick in, in, in the grand scheme of things. Um, I think it's really weird that Rob Van Dam is up hobbling on that bad leg and he's still doing some of his mm-hmm. shit. Takes another look up to the balcony right before he does one of these things. Is like, look at me, I'm injured like this and I'm still doing this. Um, which is really cool, but um, I didn't I didn't really enjoy the match that much. I'm going to give it a five and a half. Ooh, a five and a half. Okay, interesting. All right, Charlie. God damn. Well, God. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I really wanted to like this match. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm trying to be nice. Yeah. Like this, I used to recreate this match. I remember, like, with my old action figures, like back in the day. Um, like, because I don't think we ever really got to see this, did we? Like, I don't. I don't think so. I don't remember our, our Rhino versus Sabu. Like, nothing's leaping out at me. No, no, me neither. Like, I think Sabu would get involved, like, with like mm. your RVD matches and stuff, but never just on its own. I figured these guys would have amazing chemistry. There, there's a, there's, it definitely seems rushed seems like that this match is you know being booked in a hurry and i didn't like that because i could have watched these guys go for at least 15 or 20 minutes like that's how much i like these guys but um you know i mean it's good it's good to see them and the match is fine it's just not what i wanted uh but i give it a five okay i got you uh okay so that takes us to martin what do you think uh this was like a greatest hits package it was just everybody doing their kind of stuff. Um, but nobody fucked up. I mean, Sabu didn't fuck anything up. No, he didn't. That's Mm-mm. quite good. That's, that's a, quite the revelation for a Sabu match. Um, as it is, yeah, it is, it, it is the definition of throwaway. Um, I think the, I think Rhino was just come back after his very public firing. Yeah, so, he got fired at, after WrestleMania 21 after, what, he had an altercation with his wife at the after party? Whoops. And, and broke a flower pot. Vote for me! Oh, no. So, <laughs> pa- genuinely, perhaps, it, it was a case of we kind of don't know what we're doing. Rhino's just back. Sabu's... I mean, you can see Sabu has, has Band-Aids on him from Hardcore Homecoming. So yeah. I, I, I think it was just a case of just do some shit for a few minutes, which is it's fine, but yet you kind of expect Sabu and Rhino to be just that little, feel that little bit bigger. So yeah, I had to go with a five. Yeah, I'm right with you guys, five. I, th- once again, though, Mick Foley, uh, a killer on the commentary, <laughs> says ECW's not all about chairs. He says no, ECW's I- not all about chairs as Sabu is using a chair. Yeah. That's good stuff. <laughs> Good stuff. 
about tables he's, too. He's a legend. He's a hardcore legend. He is a hardcore okay. legend. Yes. <laughs> so now, as we as we exit out of um, exit out of this match, we go backstage to where and I, they nail this with the production value on Al Snow and a head promo that you know just leads us into another ECW video of more random bullshit clips. But it's awesome because they at least do the same camera stuff they used to do with Al Snow in yes. ECW. Thankfully, it's not for very long because. That was a bit nauseating back in the day. It's cool. <laughs> now we've got Eric Bischoff, Edge, and the anti ECW Raw superstars. Yeah, Bischoff Edge, gets Christian. nuclear heat. <laughs> yeah, we got oh, yeah. Edge, Christian, Snitsky, Regal, Tomko, Coach, Rob Conway, and How are fucking Faven. Yeah. <laughs> like watching this, you would think, where are the big heels at? Yeah. I mean, like, this Jesus. Is... <laughs> These are expendable wrestlers. Um, all right, so this will this will bring us into our next match: Chris Benoit versus Eddie Guerrero. This is a this is this is a match that, like in many people's eyes, you get the two of the best ever going at it here. There's not much as, like I mean by this point, both guys have been in WWF, so there's not a lot like in terms of what would they've been doing and stuff like that. So there's not really much down that front. So, um, Charlie, this is you, isn't it? Oh, 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 yeah. Hey, so the battle of rest in peace here. Well, I still get like, uh, I, still, I still get kind of shook every now and then. And I'll explain. <laughs> why. Like, like, so, so it's like a transitional <laughs> thing in, in wrestling. It's like, oh, there's a video package. Cut to the crowd for like five seconds. And then, oh, God, like, it's just like my heart jumps just a little bit. Like, OK, wait, wait, it's our side. Yeah, he hadn't lost it yet. So you have, <laughs> you have to mentally prepare, don't you? For well, you kind of you kind of do. Do you think they played that music? Did he play it in his house that day when it all went down? Like, well, there's so many weird little bits of commentary, like oh yes. Um, but like okay, I'll get to it because since it's my turn, yeah, because it's actually right at the end of the match. This is actually a damn good match. Uh, mm-hmm. But I I had a I had a moment where I was trying to remember if if something went wrong in this match because like I said this Eddie. He goes outside and he just kind of seems like he's either winded or or he needs a minute. He's got that cut on his nose. Um, it, it's it just feels it doesn't feel like it belongs. Like because it's like within the first like two or three minutes with him going outside and just taking a breather, and then he comes back in and and he's back to ass kicking mode, and it's great. Um, but anytime I see Benoit on the network now, like I, I try to pay attention to this because I. Uh, I remember for the Elimination Chamber DVD set, which I have, that was the first DVD set that they ever released um, th- where they actually included Benoit, I-, I've- I think, because that was a big controversy. It was that he was going to be, his Hell in a Cell match, or sorry, his Elimination Chamber match was going to be on there. And it's like, oh shit. And then you watch it, and you notice things that are that are kind of off. Like, for instance, they're muting some of the commentary. And turns out they were muting anything that anybody was saying about Chris Benoit that was positive. Anything that was positive. But for some reason, they left in any mention of a head injury. Like if he were to do a diving headbutt, they'd go, oh, that must have really taken its toll on Benoit. They'd say something like that and be like, that's weird. And mm. so so like the audio cuts in and out throughout that match. And I mean, I, anytime Benoit shows up on the network, I'm, I'm wondering about it. And it just seemed a little weird that 
for his ring entrance, there is no commentary the entire time he walks to the ring. And it actually looks almost a little sped up. Like, not super hmm. sped up, but it looks a little fast. Like, like what is it? On an iPhone, you can do, like, 1.5. That's the fastest, or that's the slowest, like, you can go after 1, which is the normal speed. This looked like 1.2 or 3. He just seemed a little bit more uh, loosey-goosey in his step. I, I don't think anyone's ever described Benoit that way. But Charlie, I, I just have this thought. I have this thought real quick that after you finish that elimination chamber match, that you get a phone call that says you're going to die in seven days, and Chris yeah. comes your television <laughs> and puts you in the crossface. <laughs> seven days. Kill my wife and kid. Kill my wife and kid. <laughs> See, shit. Those are the lyrics we came up with like after it happened. There's Charlie and Naomi Watts going down a well somewhere in Georgia. Trying to <laughs> Benoit comes out of the hole, does the yeah. th- thumb across the throat thing. <laughs> it's just, oh no! <laughs> he does a diving headbutt through the television into your life. <laughs> I bet your face ends up looking the same too after that crossface. <laughs> Wow. All right, we're going. We're getting dark. Oh, yeah. we are getting dark, and, and I oh, I hate it because it was such a bad day. But there's uh, so the end of the match comes, and he locks in the Crippler crossface to oddly like very little reaction from yeah. the audience. Like I thought that was very strange, but um, I love the way Eddie sold it, where he, he he can't quite move to the ropes, and even if he did, it wouldn't make any sense. But we know whatever. But he just kind of like sits there and just takes it. And, and it's like, well, what could be going through his mind? And after about 30 seconds of this, he just taps out. It's like he didn't he wasn't passing out. He wasn't trying to get to the robes. It's like he was just trying to think about, well, and this is where the commentary comes from. Do I want to die? Because yeah. according to Joey Styles, you either tap out or, or your break. neck gets broken. <laughs> and man, I just had to shake my head and just like, all right, let's just. Let's move on. And little did I always forget it, man, but it gets better as the night goes when it comes to Benoit. Yeah. <laughs> just, man, like did you guys have shadows a lot of shit? On, on, when you guys watch it, did they leave in where they call it a suicide headbutt? Yep. Yes. <laughs> I just spit take. Yeah, they did. <laughs> oh. Yes, they did. <laughs> they did it. They did it. They did it. Well, that reminds me too, and we'll 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 cover it during the match, but Joey Styles has a doozy of a comment on mike awesome yeah. oh yes it's the line of the night it, it really is <laughs> oh god oh oh the rating oh i give this match a seven i give it a seven. <laughs> solid solid oh, all performer dude winner and still champion yeah, this, is, <laughs> this is a good match how about you martin what do you think <clears throat> this is a fucking fantastic match you you hear that you know Eddie wasn't right going into it and and that's probably true because um, I mean it wasn't long after this that Eddie passed so but even in a diminished state it's still fucking good it's still really good the problem is yeah my blood runs cold when I hear the Benoit theme because Benoit was was my guy Benoit was the guy I tuned oh, yeah. to watch oh, yeah. WCW each week. I even when I wasn't particularly watching wrestling, it was like with the Undertaker. It was a case of I'd pick up the magazine every so often. Oh, what's Benoit doing? And 
I'd, I'd, I'd stopped caring about wrestling for a good year, two years after after 2007. It just, the business just seemed really seedy and dirty after that. And even now, even now, I find it really hard to be objective about Benoit stuff because it's just always in the back of, you, of, of my mind. Yeah. It's just like the big, you know, thousand-ton elephant in the room. That said, I still give this match a seven. You know, it, I, I can divorce myself enough from it to say whether it's a good match or not, but it's you just have to... There's always, like, an asterisk. Yeah, but it's a Benoit match. Yeah. And it's weird. Have you seen... One of his sons, David, is training with WWE oh, no. right now. Have you? He is the spitting image of his dad. It's like looking at a oh, fucking no. ghost. It's... <laughs> it's, it's, well, oh, it's... Well, they wouldn't let him go by... Benoit. I, I know they're gonna have to do something, but it's he's a uh, M- McGillicuddy. You just look at it and yeah. you just think, you just think, you just think, no, just please, no. I, it's, it's gonna be too awkward. Just yeah. on a purely Danois. What is Danois doing here? Danois. <laughs> no, no, that's a good point though. Even if they don't call him that, if I even see him in the ring, I'm just. It's all I'm gonna be able to think about. Yep. Yeah, they're not going to be able to highlight he's a second generation superstar. Wouldn't this be awesome? They sit him down. They're like, so David, what are your ideas? What kind of finish you want to do? I want to do the crossface. You're not doing the crossface, son. <laughs> You're not doing that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Immediately kind of like shut it down. <laughs> How about the Can I do a suicide dive? Oh, we You're not don't like that. No suicide dive, David. No, no. Suicide you can't, you can't dive. do that. No. <laughs> Well, I really know get get my workout in. Where's the Bowflex? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm amazed he would want to step into a wrestling ring. Exactly. That's oh, yeah. the thing that gets me. Yeah. That's ama- that's incredible. Jason, where are you on this one? Um this is a great I mean, it is this really good for the most part sound match. I wish the crowd gave a fuck about the match and less no. about yelling an edge about sleeping with Lita and screwing over mm-hmm. Matt Hardy. Um, cause that took away from it a lot. Again, I don't like, I watched it on the network, so I don't know how much of the, you know, how much editing was done to take some of the sparkle off the match. Um, but what they left in with that chant really just detracted from it. Um, it, I mean, it's good. Like they, they taught, you know, that just last year, these two both ended WrestleMania as world champions for their respective brands. And so this is a big deal match. And, um, you know, when Chris Benoit gets that win. some reason um but i mean it's it's i'm kind of with everybody else it's a seven it's i mean you know i thought chris benoit found you i thought chris benoit came through the phone like the ring and crossface jason all of a sudden (laughs) what do you give it yeah (laughs) well no i'm i'm still dealing with new jack so (laughs) that's what i named my kidney it's pretty weird when uh yeah between New Jack is the lesser of two evils between him and Chris Benoit. Yeah. By the way, too. Oh my God. And if I love that Colin got us in touch with Chris Hamrick. How yeah. fun is yeah, that? Yeah. Oh, that was a ball. Like just ask yeah. him flat. Why the hell would you do that move? Why would you do that? <laughs> why on earth would you do it? And then 
I liked his excuse. Like, well, people still talk about it. It's like, well, people talk about Chris Benoit, too. That's not a good thing, pal. <laughs> so, you know. Damn. <laughs> well, you, you could have said any number of things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the, other, the other thing, though, is I was like, I, I just, he didn't respond to it, but I was like, could you, I think we enjoyed calling it the second rope fuckbuster. You know, we think <laughs> yes. that's a hell of a move. So, yeah, I mean, that was, I, that thing was too much. Hey Martin, what what was your rating for that match? Uh, seven. It's seven. Okay. I'm at a seven what? too. Like I, I'm kind of reluctant because I think it's okay. I kind of if it's better than Ray and psychosis, obviously, but it falls into the same bucket of you guys used to do all of that. Like you used to do a lot more in the ring, and it just kind of is a paint by numbers kind of Eddie Benoit match. But it's well, still good. It's it's still good. Well, even though I loved Eddie and Benoit, like when they went over to WWE, I never thought that they were as good as they were when they were in WCW. And if you even if you go back to their ECW stuff, my God, like it's no wonder they got picked up. You know, it's like I I, I enjoyed both of their careers more in WCW than I did in WWE. I really did. Yeah, I thought they I thought they were just more interesting and they had a better move set. <clears throat> yeah. But um, but yeah, over overall, like I mean, I, I I've you know, wouldn't complain too much about it. The the theme, though, you'll notice if you guys look at all of these matches are less than ten minutes, like with the exception of a couple that we're about to get into. But first match, Lance and Chris was seven twenty two. The triple threat six twelve. Mysterio and Seacoast is six twenty two. Sabu Rhino six thirty. This one was actually ten and a half. So you know they gave them a little bit more, but at the same time, none of these guys are getting a lot to really do. To, yeah, to do something with, but that's about but to it's, change it's in a moment. It's kind of not that kind of night, is it? It's it's mm-hmm. more just the names that are carrying this. Well, it's it's also interesting in that since the matches are so short, you think there'd be a lot of matches. Yeah, but there's only seven. Yeah, but you <laughs> yeah, gotta have there's minute. like thirty five thirty five minutes of video. Well, people keep dying, Jason. Watch <laughs> every day. <laughs> They start doing an in memoriam for like the tables that are broken. You know, like breaking news. They, it's like, right, we've got to go and check on the uh, on the memoriam. It's still right. going. Well, did you guys ever see it was a robot chicken sketch and it was just on the other night where they they're wanting to do it's like the end of the season like well here's an immemorial to all the people we lost that work with us and it's like only two guys fake died and they're like that's it and they're like and they kill some guy and they walk in the guy calls says hey the ratings go up every time you guys kill someone so like the next five minutes is him just killing people with immemoriums popping up Let me ask you guys this real quick. Before, like, on my, when I was watching it, like, it seems like Eddie and Benoit were going to have a little moment, and then it cuts to this promo for the World Heavyweight title match at Vengeance with Batista and Triple yes. H and a Hell in a Cell. It's like, what? Wait, wait a minute. They were going to have a moment, and we ruined it by going to a promo spot. Oh, okay, great. That's nice. Well, the real pay-per-view is up in, you know, in a couple of weeks. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> well, well, now... Uh, uh, Gertner's back. He has reappeared now, this time in the Raw balcony. Bischoff mouths, who is this guy? Uh, Gertner sets, he's, um, Gertner's setup ends in him asking Bischoff for a job. 
Bischoff has him hold his beer and then tells him hell no and calls him a scab. Okay. So yeah. now we got a dandy of a we got a dandy of a match here coming up. It they're back for one last run. It's Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka. And before we dive into this, I just um, just real quick about both guys here. Um, Mike Awesome post ECW was covered of uh, you know in season one and early season two, but after a promising start in WWE, he it all went down the toilet quickly. I do recall reading at the time that the Undertaker gave Awesome the quote unquote he doesn't know how to work tag, which possibly killed his push. He would wrestle many of the B shows before having to go for knee surgery in November of 01. He would return to TV in August of 02, but was released uh, just a little over a month later. Awesome quoted saying is, he was quoted as saying, being in WWE sucked. I hated it. You had to kiss everybody's ass. You had to be on your political toes all the time. You would not believe the backstage politics. You were getting stabbed in the back constantly. I was so happy when I was told I was gone. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's and of course, like we know, like unfortunately, a couple years after this, Mike Awesome will also commit suicide by hanging in 2007 after a promising real estate career. Uh, so, that being said, I believe now we've got uh, Martin. You're up for this one, right, pal? Yep. All right. So again, this, this one, this is a fun one. It is. This is again. This is all that Awesome and Tanaka's greatest hits, but. This is like all their greatest hits, like remastered and now and played at like twelve. <laughs> I, I agree. Like, they crank it up, man. They literally do not give a fuck. It is just them. Th- this is balls out. I mean, just testes just flapping everywhere. <laughs> I mean, within seconds, we've got the, the Mike Awesome with the Taker dive. Over the ropes, and then yes, call of the uh, call of the century. Does anybody want to say? Because uh, I know you're all dying to. Uh, well, you can uh, say it if you want. You know. Are you sure? No. Yeah. No, Martin, I mean, take it away, buddy. We've got yeah, Martin. Hey, you can do it. Joey Styles with the you know hindsight is twenty twenty quote of the millennium suicide dive by Mike Awesome, and it's a shame he didn't succeed in taking his own life. <laughs> Like I mean, Joey, uh, sorry, c- c- continue. <laughs> He's a real dick in this match, but uh, he I'll, is. I'll, I'll get to it. <laughs> okay. So sorry. <laughs> so sorry, Mike. So sorry, I Mike. I thought someone else died. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh no! Who we lose this time? No. <laughs> Oh, New oh Jackson. Gosh. It was Finn again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh god. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> this there's like in life you don't tend to get like like good character arcs, but Mike Awesome, honest to God, gets one. Becomes famous in ECW. Is uh, labeled a pariah after leaving for WCW, comes back and then has the match of his fucking life, and then and thus all is forgiven. Because yeah. him and like I said, they just bring all of their big spots and they just don't care. It's like it just you know, leave it all in the ring or out of the ring or around the ring. You know, big dives, chairs, 
power bombs off of shit through shit. <laughs> it's just okay, this is you know for everybody who talks about their Heatwave '98 match, this is another retread of that. But again, it's just a much more concise and somehow harder. It's like a like a metal cover of a gangster rap song. It's <laughs> fucking harsh. This is this is my match of the night. Um, oh, easily. If, <laughs> oh. See, seeing as we're now going for half points, this has got to be an eight point five. Oh wow, eight point okay, eight point five. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, Jason, take it away. So, Joey Styles won't shut up on Mike Awesome. Like, mm-hmm. it's not just that one suicide comment. It's a lot to the point where Foley tries to reel him in um, where he makes the comment. He goes, well, we've got that out of the way. I've got that out of the system. Maybe now we can focus on the match, which is probably the best commentating Foley's ever done. Yeah. Um, Cause Joey, at some point, Joey even starts to go in on TNN. They're not even yeah. TNN at this point um, he, where he says that where they consider hee haw culturally appropriate programming. Yes. Um, there's a lot of cuts to the balcony. Um, and right before the match, like, you know, the three seconds it takes before the match kicks into the highest gear possible edges up there. You, you see him quote, he goes, boy, these fans sure are smart. And he puts it in the air quotes because everybody's booing. Yeah. Um, you know, even with Mike Awesome kind of seeing winded at some point where he pulls out the fifth chair. I mean, excuse me, yeah. fifth tape. Um, it's it still it's just like JBL's really into it because um, Mike Awesome kind of looks like JBL without his yeah. mullet. Um, but he's, yeah, he's like alternate universe JBL, isn't he? Yeah, it's like I will work. Um, but what's crazy is that that I don't know. Like, I mean, when they're doing it, it's like I get that they're up there to shit on stuff. But these two guys are down here killing them, fuck themselves and each other, and we cut up to these guys who are mocking them, um, yeah. which kind of agitated me. But I mean, it was you know it was kind of for the wrong reason. Like I, if I was watching this, you know, I would be like, oh, those bastards. Now I'm just like. Uh, this is just kind of wrong. Um, I got so fucking scared when Mike Awesome goes for that awesome bomb onto the table oh. that was already broken with the freaking yeah. part of sticking straight up in there. I'm going, oh, God. Um, but then like, thank God it didn't happen. Um, but it, I mean, like, this isn't a fucking intense match. I mean, I'm, I'm going to qualify it just the same as I did Lance and, and Jericho. This is an eight. Nice. Nice. I also okay, forgot Chuck. to mention the. Sorry, I forgot, I forgot to mention the finish. An awesome bomb oh from God. from the ring to the outside through a table, and then a dive f- by Awesome. And the camera that, work is great because you don't see Awesome coming. Just just, that that yeah. dive is the very definition of fuck it. Yeah, well, I yeah. like. Hold on, hold on. I like that the dive was so fucking badass that the ref went. Well, we're not going to top that, so he counts outside the ring. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, if there was ever a time to make an audible on Falls Count Anywhere, that's the one. Do you think that, that they could have got, like, just pulled out some really big heat if, like, Bischoff would have just pulled up and said, awesome, I'm impressed, you want another contract, and just have him walk up there and sit with him? <laughs> wow. Um, wow. So... Yeah, this match is, it's, it's, I think Martin, you described it best. And simply because of that, this is my, I think this is my favorite of their matches. I th- there is just a level of intensity here that I hadn't seen before with these two, which is hard to believe. Uh, the awesome bomb from the apron through the table where Masato Tanaka just gets folded. 
I mean, yes. just completely folds in on himself. And I mean, I mean, I mean, he is in pain. It looks awful. I love that the cameraman couldn't catch Mike Awesome jumping over the top rope for that table spot at the end. So I, that's the one time where I'm like, okay, now I actually want to see a replay with yep. a better camera angle. And I mean, it looked just as brutal <laughs> with actually oh watching him dive over that top. If you rope. watch that replay, oh, one of the replays, there's a wonderful moment. I think it's just as Tanaka's about to go. It's just as awesome. He's just about to let Tanaka go. He just kind of looks, and he's got the most chill look on his face. Right. It's, it's like, yeah, a, just like, all right, here it comes. Well, here we go. He's <laughs> <laughs> some gladiator. He's already roughed his hand across the wheat. He's ready to die, man. He's yes. good to go. But I really love the table spots. I absolutely hate how many times they put the camera on JBL. Yeah. Yes. Like, like it's so distracting. I I would take either of these two guys over JBL and his wrestling ability. Well, Charlie, I guarantee you, Mauro Ranallo, if he could trade spots with somebody who dies in 2007, I think we all know. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? Wait a minute. No. <laughs> I think we all know that if there was somebody who was going to be hanging themselves in 07, with the exception of Mr. Benoit, I think we're pretty sure Mauro Ranallo would have swapped JBL or swapped Mike Awesome out for JBL. I'm just saying. You know what? Right. right. <laughs> yeah, because JBL, I mean, he, oh, he sucks, I don't want to talk about him he, so much. He, he sucks. sucks. Um, uh, this was precisely while I was watching this match where one of my – we've talked about this when the roommate will, will walk in and see you watching something. <laughs> and they'll make a comment. And it's like, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, please. But he walks in and he just looks at the screen and he goes, where, is, where does this take place? And I told him, he said, looks like the place where Lincoln got shot. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know, it might be. Wait a minute. <laughs> like, so, so that actually cracked me up. Um, I wanted to go into Joey Styles a little bit here for what an asshole he is for taking yep. away from this match. Um, he actually pulls like a, a Gerald Briscoe, like from the Monday Night Wars doc, where he's like, he, Mike Awesome didn't just turn his back on ECW, he turned his back on our families. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like Mike Awesome leaving was going to put them under under the uh, or out of business. You know, it's just he, he was reaching so far, and you fully he, trying he was to pulling bring those him. deep, deep out of his own asshole, wasn't he? I mean, if you had never seen ECW before, and for I swear, I think for a lot of people they hadn't, and they ordered yeah. this pay per view. And, you know, they're watching this and like, oh, Mike Awesome. Yeah, I remember him. And there's Joey Styles just completely railing the guy. And Mike Awesome, I think we pointed it out in, in season one or two. I think it was one. Mike Awesome was the first guy uh, from the invasion angle to win a title. Yep. Yeah, th yeah that wasn't, you know, with WWE or at least not in, in kayfabe mode. But anyway, this match is so good. It's so good. I give this a nine. Nice. I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost, I'm, I'm right at like eight for this myself. I agree with you guys. I hate the cutaways to JBL. I, and all those guys, like, it's just unnecessary. It takes away from the match. Um, I, Mike Awesome is clearly not in great shape and he still manages to right, do. Right, he's got a little gut. Yeah, yeah. man. And he still manages to do these incredible spots. I'm sorry. As much as we all love The Undertaker, he couldn't have been more wrong if that's what he actually said. I yeah, because that's a match I always wanted, man. I yeah, always it'd be cool, Mike wouldn't Awesome it? and Undertaker. Absolutely, yeah. It's like I mean, Undertaker Goldberg and then Mike Awesome Undertaker. I, mm. I also give these guys credit because I feel like they're the only ones who got the memo that this is an ECW show. So do it, go for it, do yeah. like 
absolutely go balls out. And probably also the reason why, like, Jason, you talk about everybody's kind of in a hold, like holding back a little bit, clearly because there's not a lot of storyline for each of these matches. Like, they're just their exhibition matches, if nothing else. These guys don't have anything to go to after this. So why not just go crazy and do everything that we that they used to do? So it's, yeah, it's far and away like like the best match of this night it's fantastic so i completely agree um and of course and he kills the referee afterwards for good for no reason just i'll destroy him too yeah just for all time's sake (laughs) we now cut back to joey and mick who thank the fans for buying the rise and fall dvd which helped to make one night stand possible the classic ecw theme plays bob ortiz pops out and then it's paul Heyman. (laughs) oh man here we go. If you want to see emotion, there is the, that is some genuine emotion on his face uh, mm-hmm. when he comes down to that ring. And it's it's a really, really cool moment. Chance of thank you, Paul. Fill the arena. He says he isn't crying, but his eyes are red from smoking up with RVD in the back. He uh, he thanks uh, he he thanks Todd Gordon. Um, and Jason just dropped. So as I am uh, describing this, I'm going to dial Jason back into the conversation. <laughs> Jason, Chris Benoit found Jason again. So Heyman also says that, or he he thanks Todd Gordon, which is fascinating. He thanks him and the other production members of ECW. He thanks the fans, and he said he wants to take the high road and leave, but then he pivots. And acknowledges and pulls the guns out and goes shooting away on Raw and SmackDown. He starts with Edge. Are you well, Jason? God dang, did you drop off again? God dang, he did. Man, we're we're live, folks. We're live, out. <laughs> As I was saying. <laughs> so, um, Bischoff, you know, is obviously Heyman lays into him pretty relentlessly. Uh, Bischoff yeah. flips him off, which is Charlie. What you said, it look it's the it's best, one of the greatest middle fingers. <laughs> like, yeah, just that big shitting grin with, with that Eric Bischoff face. You know, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I I love it. I oh, it's so good. Heyman then goes to attacking Edge with the you screwed Matt thing. You know, which it's like okay, right on. Except he says, "I've got two words for you, Matt freaking Hardy." Which it's like Paul. That's yeah. One of the greatest talkers in the history of professional wrestling. Probably top five. And he he doesn't know how many words are Matt freaking Hardy. I think he was just caught up. Yeah, Yeah, totally, totally. Um, He saves his best bullets, though, for JBL, in which he says... Oh, it's it's one of the greatest put-downs of all time. You want... The only reason you were champion for years because Triple H didn't want to work Tuesday. And, um, (laughs) And for some reason, JBL thinks he's Fred Sanford. Like, yeah, he's an idiot. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just like that's Charlie, I, th- I think it's because he was fucking loaded. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. oh I, I think so, too. Oh, I definitely think so. Charlie, this is something like, you know, from theater and acting, like, you know, perspective, like clearly, like if this is this is like improv, this is like you, you got to play the say yes game. So what I hate in this is that. And this goes for all the guys on the raw side. Edge also because he just tries to keep Edge is stealing. So fucking hammy, yeah. like, like to the point of annoyance. So I, um, what really bothers me is like, okay, so Heyman, this show is about ECW. Heyman's cutting a promo on you guys. Just sit there and take it. 
Just take it. Right. Give him his moment. Don't steal from him by doing all that bullshit. It really I think also, me. I, I think a lot of it might have also had something to do with the fact that there was going to be a brawl at the end of the show, mm. and ECW was going to win. That's true. That's true. That I don't. Been I, I don't think a lot of these guys are okay with that, and I certainly don't think JBL was okay with that. Yeah. As uh, we'll see in a little bit. Oh yeah. But no, I agree. I I think they should have just either kept their mouth shut. Or hell, they shouldn't have even fucking been there at all. Right. But the fact that they were there, and I'm sure that they thought that, I'm sure Vince is thinking probably went along the lines of, well, if they're there, then maybe that'll get more buy rates. Yeah. Charlie, if you're cutting that type of promo on me, my in my mind, I'm like, this is his moment. All I need to do is just give a subtle reaction of, man, that, that pisses me off, and uh, but I'm up here. I want to come down there. I'm not going to do anything. And that's it. Just stop. Right. One or one or two choices. And that's it. Like, don't look unprofessional. It really does, man. For pro wrestlers, like, too. It's particularly bad. Yeah. Just take well, any time. B- Austin Bischoff and Rock gets went it. At it. Oh, Bischoff gets it. No, no. But yeah, B- Bischoff isn't the problem here. Uh, it's 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 the wrestlers. That's what's so damn weird. And it seems like every time they cut back up to that to that balcony, Kurt Angle just gets further and further back. <laughs> yeah, he's not like down he, with it. <laughs> no, he's. I, I don't think he's happy at all. And and you know, we didn't mention it, but you know, him in the in the Rise and Fall DVD is actually a very interesting story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because right. that was the first time I had ever heard that that he was actually in ECW for a hot minute. And uh, uh, but this is always one of those problems we've had with Kurt Angle, <laughs> right. where he objected to that, which is, I guess, that's fine. I mean, I'm not religious in any way whatsoever, so I think it's all a bunch of bullshit that he would do that. But that's fine if that's the way he feels. But I, I've seen him do things on on television in wrestling that I they don't oh. offend me, but I think that they're of a similar nature. Yeah. <laughs> well, Booker T, I want to have bestiality sex with your wife. See stuff like that, which or, he might have if that. I just realized Jason people Jordan. could edit. People could edit that. <laughs> Right. Your mother taught me how, you know, shit like that, or or uh, the um, the adultery storyline with with Stephanie. Yeah, y- you know, but yeah, you, know, you bring you bring the crucifixion into it, and I just I don't like this at all. Yeah. But uh, we close up the promo. Heyman looks at the camera one last time. Here he has everybody. He he, he uh, has everybody look at the you know give one last big chant. Does EC fucking W? I love that he actually just went. I was like, I'm gonna drop it anyway. I don't care. They can censor it. Whatever. I'm gonna drop an F. And that was cool. That was cool that he dropped that in there. So, you know, it's a great moment. It's a great moment on the pay per view to have Heyman come out and cut a promo. It's you know with the exception mm-hmm. of Matt frickin' Hardy. It's a pretty solid all around promo and has one of the greatest you know put downs of all time in there. Oh, absolutely. So, we then, uh, did, I, I love this, like, on you guys', when you guys watch it, did it go to a preview for the Devil's Rejects? No. 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 <laughs> did, did you watch a Sean Long edit here? Yeah, I did. I did it. Oh. No. No. I had no idea. Yeah, it's a, they just show a preview for it. No big deal. But then that no, leads us into... Though. I know. It leads us into our main event here. Jason, you're going to have a lot to drive through here, so I'm just going to give a little brief brief uh preview here are you back did chris benoit make you tap a couple times uh it was coming through and you were you were fixated as hell it was bad (laughs) sounds like you got your throat are you all right (laughs) 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 right, 
for you guys. Was now? it New Jack got him? No, no, <laughs> Kidney Stone didn't get me. Not yet. Um, so, all right. Real, so, real quick, we got the Dudleys against Sandman and Tommy Dreamer. The Dudleys hadn't actually been on WWE TV since '04 and would be released from their contracts the following month. Both men would join TNA later that year where they would win the NWA World Tag Titles, become the first recognized TNA World Tag Champions uh, when the NWA ended its business relationship with TNA, as well as two-time IWGP Tag Team Champions. Devon would win the TNA TV belt twice. Bubba Ray as Bully Ray would win the TNA World Title twice as well. Dreamer would become a 14-time WWF Hardcore Champion, losing the title <laughs> for the final time in a Hardcore vs. IC title unification bout to RVD at MSG. He would then mostly work backstage prior to One Night Stand. Sandman would mostly wrestle on XPW, 3PW, TNA, and other various indies, not doing much of note prior to this appearance. He would win the TNA Hard 10 Tournament and the XPW King of the Deathmatch Championship. Jason, take it away. This is a lot to go through. Yeah, we always make the uh, fire everything joke, and this is I think this is literally the fire everything. There's so much <laughs> stuff happening in this match. Um, as everyone starts to come out, um, the Dudleys come, and it's, it's weird. It's like this is ECW, so the Dudleys shouldn't have any music. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's just, right, it's just going just come out and talk. Yeah, they just kind of come out and you figure, you know, there's no sign guy. They don't have Gertner with them. Um, they just come out to their WWE music and and everyone's kind of excited. Here comes Tommy Dreamer. People don't know who it is because the music, uh, which is a big shock because then here comes the Sandman and people go, what is this? Um, <laughs> as the sh- Sandman, the, the third best match of this whole night is the Sandman trying to fight his way through the crowd to get to the ring. <laughs> Um, <laughs> twat who hits himself with the cane. Yeah, I mean, because these people. Oh, that idiot! Like, yeah, they're clinging on to him. They're having a good time. This music is going through. Sandman's fly is open, and his white T-shirt is tucked through, poking out. Um, which is very evident when he does this. I'm going to stand here on the rail for this one part. But even the, there's no Metallica. So what is he? What's he doing? In, in the live version, it was Metallica because again, you can actually. Yes, yeah. under the 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 network edit again, you know, listening through earphones, you can hear. Oh no! Just little bits and pieces of it, just just there. Weird. Wow. Okay. Um, because I was so, actually starting to really like that song, the network version. <laughs> it's it's kind of grown on me. Sandman is just obliterated. Um, because. Yes. He is. He is this now. As much as we said we couldn't stand all the cuts to JBL in the last match, I just wish he was mic'd for whatever he was yelling at Sandman. Because um, man, I think if good. I think if you have the DVD of this, you can switch to alternate JBL commentary. Yes, there is. I was going to talk about <laughs> no. it after you were done. Yep, but that's okay. Oh, we can oh. We'll talk about it. <laughs> sure. Can I make a quick comment about the worst thing Foley said all night? It's right here. Go okay. For it, oh yeah. Here it oh, yeah. comes. I don't understand what this means. I don't know where he, the fuck it came from, but fully decided to say it. So Sandman is like standing on the guardrail, and all the fans are helping him stand, and he's helping them drink, and it's great. There's this little pause, and then McFoley chimes in with this gem. He says, "They believe because he believes." <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> 
That's one of those. It sound in Mick Foley's head. In his head, it's, it sounded <laughs> prophetic. It sounded wonderful. It was, it was like the best soundbite ever. But uh, um, it was my favorite. It was my favorite thing he said all night. Felt like I said, Foley was a WWE commentator. He was very soundbitey. Yeah, the Milan yep. miracle. At least he wasn't plugging Twitter. Um, so we cut back to the Sandman still having his entrance, uh, jerking off his cane like he's Francine as yep. the WWF guys. Uh, and then he and Tommy Dreamer go perceived to pour boobs on girls that could be classified as sevens at best. Um, that's, not just, that's not just any girl. That's Electra. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, the other girl wasn't. But yeah. Poor yeah, Electra looks horrible. Was with her super, like, botched bleach hair. Um, but old Chetty's right there, and so C.W. Anderson. So it was kind of cool. seeing them. Yeah, it was really cool that they were there. Um, then they finally get in. Joey Styles pumps up how much that the Dudleys and Tommy Dreamer and Sandman love each other, and they love each other. They go to fist bump, and then the BWO music hits. And, oh, my oh. God, Eric, Bischoff, Eric Bischoff's face is priceless. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Legitimately think he had no idea that this shit existed. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think, think that was his first time seeing them. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, what are these guys doing? They're making fun of the greatest creation I ever stole. Um, right. and, and it's so cool. They come out, and then here comes Kid Cash. Here comes Balls and Axel. Uh, this Kid, Kid Cash labeled as Mister TNA. That's true. Yeah. That. Total uh, nonstop attitude. <laughs> and all his charisma is completely gone without the Kid Rock gimmick. Um, True. And then it's this turned into every ECW pay-per-view we've ever watched with the main event. There's so much shit. It finally gets going uh, 18 minutes in almost. These guys, you know, you're we talking about how Tanaka and, and Austin go all out. These guys do an all out. ECW match as far mm-hmm. as the, the, the bleeding like crazy, the cheap. The crowd starts chanting for New Jack. And I know. Like, everything that's Do you going know what you're asking for? <laughs> expected. Um, he just pops up behind JBL. It'd be, it'd be <laughs> great. It'd be, no. It would have been great if it was Vince in blackface dressed up as New Jack that came out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no. With the do rag on. Um, this is what's I'm up, to, I'm play up. Fire up. I'm gonna have to fire up WWE 2K17 now and make new events. <laughs> no, no, we're not. Vince. Um, I like this. There's this great little spot where Bubba Ray hits everybody with the kendo stick and then just throws in the air and audibly yells "fuck" and goes and gets a table. Yes. Um, I mean, like, like as much as it's just really cut and paste ECW stuff everything we've seen it's really fun like this crowd is super into it um there you know it's a combination of, of these guys are beating the shit out of each other they're turning around shooting looks to the the guys in the balcony the crowd staring at the balcony though a good chunk of the match um which is sad because there's so much stuff going around it the dudleys of course win because they're the fucking dudleys um, yes. And there's no way in going to beat him. Tommy Dreamer is just Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, yeah true. He's, he's going to lose. <laughs> Jake the Snake showed up in a $4 polo shirt and bowed. Um, but what's, what I love, and I know we'll get into it here, is where Tommy Dreamer is laying there fucking bloody as shit. Oh, and so Bueller, gross. He's gross. Bueller runs in. There's this great moment. 
Tommy gets to shit beat at him some more. Sandman tries resuscitating by screaming, get me a beer over and over again. Um, and that just kind of triggers fan service 316. We'll, we'll go talk to that. About that. Yeah, yeah, we'll that's, do that. Yeah, um, that's another whole journey. Um, I would give this, I mean, like this, this is six and a half for me. Nice. It's fun. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Charlie, what do you think of all the, the, a lot of mayhem here? There's a cat fight even in this too. Oh. I think, right? Yes, there is. Um, and, it, and it's Beulah though. Like that's the weird thing. Because Beulah, she was more of a, she was more of a figure in ECW before the pay-per-view era, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, it's, it's cool to see her and, you know, cause, but during this entire season, we've only seen her through, I guess, video packages. And even though she did play a hell of a part in ECW, as, as they point out in the documentary, Oh, it was the first uh, lesbian storyline. I'm like, <laughs> cool, I guess. I mean, <laughs> like, Oh God. And the footage of that's brutal. But, um, now the the matches uh starting to feel a little samey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hate that this was the main event. Like, like I mean I get it, but like they, they could have they could have pulled something together, I, I think a little bit better than this. I, I think it's just kind of a shoe in that Tommy Dreamer would be in the main event of an ECW pay-per-view. Um match is okay. Uh I'm not I'm not crazy about it. I, although trying I, I actually have more fun trying to read jbl's lips i wish he was miked because i know i read it a couple of times on his mouth and i'm i I began to wonder how many times in his life he has said the word faggot oh yeah i'm genuinely curious because that's what i i I know that's what i saw several times and and yeah he was loaded and i was trying to like see how much beer was in their hand it's and unfortunately it seemed like every time they cut up there one of the wrestlers that was holding a beer, the beer was always full. Wow. So, yeah, I don't exactly know why that would be, but uh, I, I know that they were drinking. Like, they had to be. Um, I do think it's sad that the Blue Meanie um, has regained all of his weight. Yeah. That, he, how he lost all of it, and then, you know, ECW goes under. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pass the croissants. <laughs> <laughs> weirdly i mean this is this is a, a, a weird apropos of nothing tangent but i've just been reading this wrestling themed comic book and it's one of the plot threads is like old guys on the road with young guys and like the stuffing in diners and the same you know chicken as plain as you can get it to keep in shape and then as soon as uh, the when, when the young guy knows that the older guy is going to retire is when he orders a burger <laughs> oh, wow. That's how he knows that he's he's going to retire because he oh, stops no. giving a shit about what he eats. Oh god! Um, to call back to the new Jack Vince McMahon thing, uh, his name would I think his name would be New Mac. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I just wanted to throw that in there real quick. Um, the BWO man, I'll just say it. I always thought that thing sucked. I I, I hate it. And I did like that Joey Siles pointed out if there was ever a gimmick that didn't deserve to make money but ended up making a boatload for us, it was uh, the BWO. Yeah. And uh, he, he, Joey's got a couple of nice little digs at some of the WWE creative decisions, like the fact that Nova was Simon Dean. Yeah, right. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. And uh, St- Stevie Richards, he really does sound like Shawn Michaels sometimes. Yes. Like it's 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 weird and. 
and I actually really have always liked his promos. But the one thing, like, it's like he, I don't know, I've only noticed this within the last couple of days, but they really tried to make we're taking over like a, a saying for them or a catchphrase. Yeah. He's like, we've got three words for you. And I'm like, well, what's, what could this be? You know, DX has two words, but you're telling me you have three? And fucking suck it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just the way he says it. He's like, we got three words for you. We're taking over. <laughs> yep. Uh, he just doesn't sound really happy about it. <laughs> but no, I give the match a well, what I give this? Five? Yeah, I give it a five. Okay. Yeah. Martin, real quick, what'd you give it, man? Um this was I mean, as far as we knew, this was gonna be the last ever ECW show. Like of any cut, way, shape, or form. So it's kind of fitting that it is this chaotic foster cluck of uh, <laughs> of a match. Just you know, just get everybody out there. Just, just just go go whole hog. It's it's fine for what it is. It's a relatively fun Dudley's Dreamer Sandman match. Um, there's some nice stuff like a, a, a bloody Dreamer hugging Bueller. Like in the center of the ring is like a, a weird moment of of poetic romance in ECW. Um, it's like I said, it's just weird. I mean, the Impact players in, interfering like halfway through. It's like it, that. It's like they're building to something that cannot possibly pay off. That's the one thing of this that doesn't make a, a ton of sense to me. But I I really didn't mind it. The only thing that gets me is that at some point Joey tells us that Dreamer is thirty-four. Yeah. On this pay-per-view, was he twenty-five a few years ago? Yeah, <laughs> I think with the Creedo stuff, he was like twenty-eight or something. But it's like, yeah, fuck off! Right. He's fifty years old. He's 50. <laughs> Tommy Dreamer, Tommy Dreamer ages in dog years. If you look at him <laughs> on this pay-per-view. He is he is not a healthy man. And this is coming oh. from someone who's going to need a hip replacement soon. Oh, man. Well, he's been at Logan's Roadhouse all the time, getting all those T-shirts, wearing pay-per-views. Yes. Um, but like I said, it's, it's perfect. I think this is kind of what a lot of people think when ECW comes up. The, you know, their, their mind kind of goes to this kind of stuff first. Um, I went with a, with a six. Yeah, I'm right with you, man. It's, it's all right. It is a it's a good way to close the show with what you have. Obviously, without RVD, they couldn't do what they really wanted to do. But it's all right. It's not a bad way to close it out. You know, it's just the, you throw everything at it. You know, just like you would at a regular ECW show. So totally, I'm in agreement with you. Six out of ten on my end. So then that takes us now. Afterwards, the Dudleys grab Beulah. Sandman returns to Kane. Everyone, Mick has a great pull referencing Beulah getting her neck broken by the Dudleys. And yep. then the Sandman starts calling for beer, which is hilarious. We've never seen him really do this, but that's when you know Steve Austin's music blow, comes out and he blows the roof off with his entrance, wearing his XFL Las Vegas Outlaws jersey. Good pull. <laughs> Austin says, Sandman needs a piece of beer. Huh? It's clearly laundry day in the Austin house. Oh, yeah. yeah, really. XFL is long gone by this point. Austin says Sandman needs a case of beer. In fact, he wants all the ECW locker room to come out for a beer bash. Then Rob Zombie, they play Rob Zombie, which is awesome. Or right, White Zombie. Really? I think that's technically White Zombie. I, I don't think it's probably on your Reddit, but they, I think they play Thunder Kiss 66. Or is it Thunder Kiss 66? Oh, they did? 65. 65, that's what it is. They play that. Oh, on the network, it's Bodies. 
Yeah. Okay. So they, it's awesome. You you hear that, and I was I didn't get it at first. I was like, that's awesome. They're playing that though. But yep, everyone starts coming out. Austin cuts a promo calling out Raw and SmackDown to come down and whip ECW's ass. Austin grabs a chair and a beer and calls Angle and JBL yellow cowards. He then gives them... It's like all of a sudden Steve Austin becomes a dad in the station wagon with the kids in the backseat and says, I'm going to give you 10 seconds or he's going to come He's gonna come up there and whip their asses. Raw and SmackDown then oblige the crowd starts a We Want Taz chant. Oh, sorry, Martin, please. Uh, just the Austin going, oh, you lucky bastards. Yep. I love it. Um, Taz enters then with the... Uh, his classic ECW theme. He looks a lot bigger than he used to, folks, but that's okay. Uh, he, he's Taz with four Z's. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. I love it. Um, I love that the face-off is with Taz and Angle. That's really yep. cool yep. to see. Taz locks in the Taz mission on Angle on the outside. ECW cleans house. Um We'll talk about JBL and Meanie in a little bit, but after they bring back, after he brings uh, Austin to the ring, or I'm sorry, Austin, I'm sorry, Cactus brings Bischoff to the ring, Sandman is practically trying to fillet Austin to get a beer. <laughs> finally, he finally oh, gets... goddamn son here. <laughs> what is he asking? <laughs> it's hilarious. Dudley's, uh, he asks the, or he calls on the Dudleys to give Bischoff a 3D. They oblige, and then he orders Benoit to kill the son of a bitch. With a diving headbutt. Oh no! Ray then delivers another booed six one nine that the crowd. <laughs> well, they. You think you hated it before? Yeah. Austin then like faux interviews the fallen Bischoff about his thoughts on the evening. Bischoff says "fuck ECW" or he says "WWF" a billion times. I'm not sure which. Austin then has Bischoff. It's so good. <laughs> he, Austin picks up or has a Bischoff picked up. And delivers one final stunner. The Dudleys get rid of Bischoff, and the beer drinking is on as Austin theme. Austin's theme plays again, and then we hear bodies play again, and the show goes off the air. I really love one of the final images is Austin and Sandman on the ramp together. Yeah, uh, that's a really cool image there. Um, and I also love that it's a good callback to when Steve Austin was running the Alliance. You know, it was kind of a neat yeah. callback to that in a way. So. Yep. Kind of interesting, but um, real quick, let's hit this Blue Meanie thing here. This is uh, from the Bleacher Report. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> let's hit this thing up. This is from Bleacher Report in 2012. They had gotten this, all these quotes put down. This is what Colin dug up. Blood and sweat slid down the Blue Meanie's face. The adrenaline from the crowd subdued his pain for the moment, but his eye would soon blacken and stitches he had from the night before would need to be re-sewn. On June 12th at ECW's One Night Stand, a mob of wrestlers filled the ring, fists flying. Steve Austin, Kurt Angle, Taz, the Sandman, and a throng of others staged a brawl. In the midst of that action, JBL pounded on Blue Meanie's face with full force shots. A real fight broke out between them. In, inter- in, in an interview with uh, Ardo Ocal, Blue Meanie said that JBL punched open a series of staples he had in his head. The Blue Meanie went on to say, We started throwing live rounds at each other. Why did John Bradshaw Layfield bust Blue Meanie's face open in the interpromotional brawl? What led him to become an an enraged bull? Words inspiring violence. After the incident, Blue Meanie posted on his MySpace that it's no secret that Bradshaw never liked me from my first day in the WWE to my last. JVL has himself admitted that he has hazed wrestlers, uh, wrestling newbies, a large part of um, his reason he has a reputation as a backstage bully. That's a big reason to do with it. JBL repeatedly angered Joey Styles by picking on him until the announcer finally clocked him in the face. 
In an interview on WWE.com, JBL said the incident with the media had nothing to do with any old heat. I don't even know the guy. I couldn't care less about that fat little kid. How, how much of that is JBL speaking from his character is hard to tell. Former ECW wrestler Danny Doring was in the ring that night as well. He said in a shoot interview that JBL and Blue Meanie had bad blood between them before the incident. Doring went on to say that Blue Meanie was taunting JBL. In Blue Meanie's aforementioned MySpace message, he says that JBL was yelling at him about things Meanie had said to him on the internet. Meanie claimed that his unflattering words had been a part of the show. In a business where real and storyline hatred is hard to separate, you'd expect legitimate animosity to bleed into the ring. Regardless of JBL's reasons for pummeling Meanie, he went too far that night. Meany said in an interview published on WrestleView.com that he had been in the ring with stiff people before, but JBL was just being unprofessional. The Blue Meany considered filing a lawsuit, but instead their differences resolved over time with clearer heads uh, prevailing. Retaliation. Okay, things would get more violent before they would get more peaceful, though. WWE embraced the tension between the two, pitting them in a match on an episode of SmackDown. Fellow Blue World Order member Stevie Richards interfered on Blue Meany's behalf. He struck JBL with a vicious chair shot that he claimed. No, it's bad. In a later, I've never in, seen it. <laughs> he yeah. claimed he had it coming. It's that simple. But, <laughs> good. <laughs> fucking good. But it's what's what's interesting now is like uh, since then it seems like yeah, Blue Meanie and JBL have kind of resolved this and they've kind of become their own. Uh, I guess buddies to an extent. I don't know how if I'd go oh, that bullshit. far, but you know, JBL found new targets. But yeah. man, it's a hell of a way to end the show, the brawl and everything. Just um Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's a hell of a show. One night stand is really, really special. It's a really special show. I'll tell you guys right up front, Cage there's no way our ratings hit where um uh cagematch.net put they have it like at a nine eight six. It's unreal the rating that Ooh. this show gets. Ooh. So I don't think ours are gonna get nearly that Cage far. Match has it at that? Yeah, it's enormously high we're usually so close with them yeah not this uh, time and even though we like well, it, i think overall well, we liked it thing. like when, when we review this these shows it's a it's match quality right we're not reviewing the show as a whole because the show as a whole i'd probably put it right around a nine yeah i probably, probably yeah. would i love this show i always have it's so good it's one of the it's not just a great show it's one of the best ecw pay-per-views it really is yeah totally totally no i agree but, I have our numbers tallied up. Okay, what are they? If you want to hear them. Okay, yeah. so uh, here we go. So um, me and Martin have a show rated highest at a 6.5 apiece. Uh, will you have it at the lowest with a 6.14? Well, God dang. Well, God, I thought I'd out you. <laughs> <laughs> How's it feel? All right, Jason has it at a 6.2. And all around, we rate the show match quality only. Uh, we rate the show a 6.34. Okay. I got you. Cool. Cool. Well, I mean, this is what's cool. That's our highest. I, yeah. I don't think we've ever gone that No, high not even close. No. And so the neat thing now is this show is special because now, because it does so well, they're going to do it again. And it's going to be even more significant when our next episode, when we do One Night Stand 06, because it's the launching of the brand, the relaunching. Of it, so oh dear. So we can talk about ECW on Sci-Fi a little bit. Oh yeah, <laughs> which oh. just hit the network. Yeah, it's yep. great. Great how that worked out. So, man, oh man. So, um, uh, like we said, next episode, ECW. Uh, it's going to be ECW One Night Stand 06. We're going to be talking a little bit about them being on the Sci-Fi Channel, how that all worked out, things of that nature. We're coming close. We're getting closer to episode 100. 
So after One Night Stand, we'll do December to Dismember, and then episode 100, we are going to do Hardcore Justice. We're going to watch it. <laughs> We're going to watch it. You know, why not? What's a good way to celebrate 100 episodes is to watch uh, a TNA, TNA, a real gem. And then by that point, too, we will talk about what we're going to do next after ECW. So stay tuned. It will be announced. It'll be coming soon. But um, in the meantime, please continue to follow us on Facebook, New Blood Rising Podcast. On Twitter, we're at New Blood Pod. I, myself, I'm at William Rinkin 83. I'm at the Jason Kiesler. I am at CM underscore Stabs. And I'm at Bunny Suicida. We'll see you guys next time for ECW or slash WWE, I guess. One Night Stand 2006. It starts with one thing. I don't know why. It doesn't even matter how hard you try. Keep that in mind. I designed this product to explain in due time. All I know. Time is a valuable thing. Watch it fly by as the pendulum swings. Watch it count down to the end of the day. The clock takes life away. It's so unreal. Didn't look out below. Watch the time go right out the window. Trying to hold on. Didn't even know. I wasted it all just to watch you go. I kept everything inside and even though I tried, it all fell apart. What it meant to be will eventually be a memory of a time I tried so hard and got so far. But in the end, it doesn't even matter. I had to fall to lose it all. But in the end, it doesn't even matter. One thing, I don't know why. It doesn't even matter how hard you try. Keep that in mind, I designed this rhyme to remind myself how I tried so hard In spite of the way you were mocking me, acting like I was part of your property Remembering all the times you fought with me, I'm surprised it got so Things aren't the way they were before, you wouldn't even recognize me anymore Not that you knew me back then, but it all comes back to me in the end You kept everything inside and even though I tried, it all fell apart What it meant to me will eventually be a memory I tried so hard and got so far But in the end, it doesn't even matter I had to fall to lose it all But in the end, it doesn't even matter I put my trust in you Just as far as I can go 